Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is Minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me is Jeremy Braditich. Hello. But that's not all. We have a guest on the show. We're sort of we're kicking off a whole new thing. We had Paul James on a couple of weeks ago, and now we have from the head of gaming and streaming at Q, at the Cure Cancer Research Charity, also formerly of Ubisoft Australia, we have Shane Bailey. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you, Kerry? How are you, Jez? I'm good. Oh. I'm so glad we've got you on. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so pumped to be here. This is the, the best time of year. Chris, oh, game, isn't game it Christmas. so fun? Let's go. Love it. <laughs> yes. And not only that, but we have actually some very exciting things to talk about after today's presentations that we got or last night's presentations, I guess. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this episode in particular. But um, Shane, for those who may not know you from our audience or uh yeah sort of what i'd like to know i guess a couple of things um so as i said in the, just at the start there you're the you're the head of gaming and streaming at cure cancer which mm-hmm. is just it sounds awesome um <laughs> i'd love to know what that means for your role in a, and I'm in a way that i'm sure the audience does as well but i'd also i hear you have something of a history with xbox and i'd like to know what that is for you as well heading into of- the into this showcase recap yeah, okay, here we go. Let me try and surmise my, you know, 33 years of gaming history <laughs> in 60 seconds. Um, love gaming, always wanted to work in games, was obsessed. Um, did a bit of video game retail at the now defunct game. Rest in peace. Oh, nice. Um, did like a lot of like volunteer writing in like my early 20s just for like tiny Australian websites. Um, started my own podcast, which back up then that wasn't like doing it on YouTube or Twitch wasn't a thing. We did it on iTunes for the longest time because I wanted to get into games media. I was like, I want to go work at IGN or something. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to get competent behind a microphone. So me and my mates did a podcast for like three and a half years. Um, got to, you know, got like media passes like EB Expo and PAX and that sort of thing. This was like back at the first PAX, <laughs> back mm-hmm. in the Melbourne showgrounds. Um, and uh, yes, and then... Um, uh, what happened there? Oh yes. I, and then by, I won't go into the very long story about how I got this role, but, um, by per chance, I got, um, an entry level position at Ubisoft Australia back in 2015 as a sales and marketing assistant, um, moved into trade marketing, um, eventually communications, PR, social media, um, and then ended my time there as esports and brand manager. The main game I worked on was Rainbow Six Siege. So I was working on local esports and, um, launching all the new seasons, particularly the Australian season in 20. 19 um and games like watchdogs legion anno just dance um but got to work on like a bunch of other games in, in my six years there um yeah so bit of a um some might say veteran of the games industry i don't like to call myself that but um there aren't too <laughs> old many guard that. yeah the old guard um uh yes and then um like i don't want to explain how this happened but Cure Cancer was at the time, maybe like three years ago, uh, exploring what it was like to fundraise um, amongst the gaming community. And it was going really well, growing really fast. And they thought, okay, we need to make this like actually a thing and develop it properly and get some people onto the team who know what they're talking about. Um, so that's when they uh, hired a head of gaming and streaming. Um, that's when I joined the team. We also have a gaming and fundraising executive um, and it's been going really, really well. Um, we just hired a third full-time person as part of our team of 20 all up in Sydney. Um, and our organization just funds cancer research. Um, we're cancer agnostic, so it's not one particular type of cancer uh, that we focus on. It's all different types, but we do our best to try and fund the best, brightest 
scientists from all around the world, they submit their um, cancer research applications to a panel um, that we have internally of former and current researchers. They assess all these applications from around the world for all different cancer types, rank them based on merit, based on brilliance. And then it's my job and the job of the fundraising team to raise as much money as possible. And then we just go down the list and try and fund as many cancer researchers as possible. Um, And yeah, in our 50 plus year history, we've um, helped fund uh, global breakthroughs in tons of cancer types like breast cancer, immunotherapy, childhood leukemia. Um, you can learn more on our website, curecancer.com.au. So I won't uh, take up too much time of the, of the show. Um, but yeah, so I like my job as head of gaming is just to work with anyone and everyone in the games industry to, to fundraise as much money as possible. Um, you'll see us, you saw us last year at PAX. We'll be there again this year. We work closely with the guys at Generosity and Oz Speedruns. Um, work closely with our publishers as well. Like you can actually donate your Microsoft Rewards points on Xbox to Cure Cancer if you like, and oh, Microsoft wow. will donate on your behalf. Um, yeah, worked with a ton of publishers. Worked with Bethesda a lot. I harass my friends at Ubisoft all the time for things. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, GameOnCancer.com.au is the is the website if you want to learn more about the, um, what we're doing gaming. We've got some amazing ambassadors names you're, you're probably familiar with. Um, like Stephanie Van Dixon, um, uh, skill up recently joined as ambassador, which I'm super, super proud of. He was like my first call when I joined the team. Nice. Like, Hey Ralph, do you remember when I took you that one time to Paris to check out rainbow six? Well, we're doing something different now. Come (laughs) come over here. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's the best, like using my passion, what I love video games, my expertise in the industry. And now instead of trying to sell, you know, more copies of Rainbow Six, I'm like, hey, you guys should donate to cancer research instead. Yeah. Because that's a bit more important. <laughs> Absolutely. That's amazing, Shane. Yeah. I that that's so inspiring, honestly, as a oh, thanks, fellow man. media industry aspirants, I guess. Um, <laughs> so that's yeah, what a cool way to sort of make your make your path through this. This yeah. industry is as small as it is in in our little in, a, in our little corner of the world. Hundred um, percent. I'm I'm often reminded of my career advisor once telling me it's like one day Shane you're going to have a job that doesn't exist today, and I like to think that she was oh. dead on that there wasn't a, a head of gaming at, at a cancer research charity back in 2008 yeah. when wow. I graduated. So yeah, <laughs> that's such a cool thing to hear from a from a careers advisor. I never heard that. Yeah, I mean, it's the way of the world now, right? Like, yeah, who knows what jobs they're going to be in like the next five, ten years even. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember awesome. visiting you at your booth last year and I remember looking at it going like, yeah, no, this is good. This is this is, this is is one of the better things that's happening around at PAX. So I'm, I'm, so, Thanks, glad, I'm so glad that you're going to be around next year as well. Yeah, Again at PAX, yeah. we'll be able to catch Definitely. up, which will be good. We will be there for sure. <laughs> Well, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that roundup. And then, yeah, just quickly, what is your history with Xbox? If you had to, oh, if you yeah. had to sort of pick a console or if you, if you had to watch one, one showcase each E3 season, would it be the Xbox? Would it be the Xbox showcase? Yeah, it's the Xbox one. I've been, I think I've been watching it live since I had broadband internet. Um, yeah, there right. was actually one year where I was like overseas in um, touring the UK. I think it was in Scotland at the time. And I was like, sorry, guys, got to skip this tour. I'm going to sit here in the cafeteria of my hostel and watch the Xbox E3, <laughs> E3 briefing. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up a Nintendo kid. I had uh, uh, Super Nintendo was my first console, um, 64. And then one day I waltzed into my local EB game, saw this beautiful black thing mm. with um, this uh, sci-fi shooter on it. And, um, yeah, didn't look back. Traded in my 64, got Halo on the Xbox. Um you yeah, would have been close to like the perfect age target market that they wanted. I was, yeah, for I was, that console, I was right? 
was 11 years old at launch. Yeah. Yeah. And then see like the very first magazine I ever bought was OXM because Halo 2 was on the cover. I'm like, oh my God, they're making another one. Have to mm-hmm. like, and then, and that getting that magazine was like then my like path into obsessing over the industry, like, you know, wanting yeah. to know everything about the industry. Um, and so I, I credit Halo with my deep love of the industry. Um, and it's still my favorite franchise. Like it has its ups and downs, more downs than ups, let's say. But yeah, um, yeah I, I love it. I still love it to this day. There's, there's nothing like, there's nothing like Halo. So well, um, hence the, the, um, yeah, there, sword there it is. Oh, I was going yeah, to nice. ask if you hadn't brought it up. Yeah, there it yeah. is. Now I never need a weapon. That's what I tell people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll ask you more about, um, your opinions on the recent turn with, uh, the Halo franchise during the break, maybe, but <laughs> for okay. now let's get through the intro and then get to this loaded Xbox showcase we had this morning. Um, so for those of you who weren't aware, this is the Minimap cast, minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast. We're here every week, uh, every Wednesday with 24 hours of early access given to all of our wonderful patrons. More on that in just a sec. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, uh, make sure to tell your friends, give the show a positive rating, uh, wherever you're listening to us or watching us, be that on YouTube or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it makes a huge difference and it only takes a couple of seconds. If you want to get notified every time a new episode is released, uh, you can make sure to follow us on social media. Uh, We are at MinimapAU on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where we are live right now uh, every Monday night, 6.30 p.m. Oh, 7.30 we've been trying recently. One of those two. Australian Eastern Standard Time for the live recording of the Minimap cast. Uh, We always hang out with chat before and after and during the show. It's a fun time. People are roasting me for my use of the word aspirant. So if you want to join in that, uh, you can uh, tune in on Monday nights. Uh, we wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv as the music for the Minimap cast. You can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. And finally, Minimap is completely independent and funded almost entirely out of our own pockets. So if you'd like to help keep the mics and lights on, maybe after you also go and support uh, curecancer.com.au, uh, you can support us by becoming one of our patrons. For only $5 a month, you get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap cast, some extra bonus features like our, uh, our 2009 PlayStation press conference sort of retrospective watch along we did a few weeks ago, which is good fun uh, and more. You can head on over there to patreon.com slash minimapau to uh, help us out. And remember, it's cheaper than a latte with oat milk. And you know what? Honestly, it might just be cheaper than a latte these days. Uh, I, I paid $7.40 yeah. this morning for a regular oh, latte oh with, with oat milk. Okay, um, I thought mine was bad. I'll pay six twenty for a large oat cap. I, I got hit with the with the plus fifteen percent public holiday surcharge. Ah, okay. um, as, oh. as as was as was recorded in the actual little receipt screen thing as I was as I ordered it. Mm. I saw them just hit a little button that just cost me more. <laughs> went, oh, and it was fuck. it was too late for you, wasn't it? It was you were in. I you needed it. <laughs> like, like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Without Without the spoilers, carry two thousand nine E three showcase from like was that it was it was it all right? I've got that's Uncharted two. It right? was yeah, it was, it was first 2. showing of Uncharted two, which was a yeah. decent show. It wasn't the train, which I thought it would be. Mm. Um, oh, right, yeah. When did they show the train? Was that earlier? I, think I, they... I must have been later. It was the yeah, it right. was um, the bit of the helicopter in the town. Ah, uh, okay. yeah. But also uh, a couple of I'm thinking the things that are coming to mind. I want to leave for people to watch. <laughs> but it was also um, it was they were still supporting the PSP. Yeah, and they announced ah, right. the a lot Bioshock. of the show was no no no. There oh, are no, no, a no, lot no. of the show is dedicated to the PSP Go. 
Ah, oh, the go, yes. Which was just fascinating because yeah, it was like twice the price of the old PSP that they were still selling. It was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and it was so yeah, close to the back, end yeah. of it. So close to the end of that, of that console as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we, they showed it at the front and both Jeremy and I thought it was the Vita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it's a good one. It's a good one. It's definitely worth going back to and watching. Nice. So uh, speaking of E3... While it is dead, it also isn't. It still lives on in all of us and in the in the in the very DNA of everything that is coming after it. Like Summer Games Fest, which happened this last week. Like the Xbox and Starfield Bethesda Showcase, whatever they called it today. Um, and we had PlayStation. We got Ubisoft tomorrow. It's been a great week for announcements. It's been a bit more spread out. This this week in games continues to change and become something increasingly different each year. I feel like this has been quite decent so far in terms of the last week of what we've gotten. Um, you know, everyone having their own day feels, I know it's beneficial for the companies. I know that's what they want. But I also feel a bit better about it. You know what I mean? Like I could digest everything that happens one day and then we come ready for the next thing. Um, or even when you have those those more general conferences like Summer Game Fest where you can have... Uh, PlayStation and uh, Ubisoft and Xbox and and all of these different groups and Capcom who all have their own things coming up in the future or just had them a couple of weeks ago, they can still come to these things and you can, every group of people, whether you're a Sony person or whatever, you can still be excited by these things. So I think it's been a really good couple of, couple of weeks. Um, but maybe I'm just coming high off today because Xbox's showcase, I think, was... It was excellent. It was an excellent showcase. I'd love to hear what you both thought of the showcase overall before we dive into our specific sort of uh, favorite moments. Yeah, like I think it was one of their better ones. Um, I think that it, it it felt it felt good. I think because there was a good mix of the actual games being shown, some some fun announcements, but also like like the the thing that that gets me with with the the way Sony are doing it now and the way Nintendo have been doing it for a long time is that there's there's just not that many people that I see in front of a camera and uh, Xbox at least bring people out. They have people showing off their stuff. Even like and you know like there's not that many people, um, but it's at least enough that I can understand and you know, be reminded over and over again because, like, it's it's good to be reminded that, like, all of these things are the work of people um, and not just, like, studios with names and logos. Um, I think Bethesda especially, they've always done a really great job at putting people in front to show off the games that they're working on. Um, I think mm-hmm. Ubisoft do a pretty good job of it, of it as well. Um, but Bethesda, like, for the entire Starfield thing, it was all about the stories that people were willing to do in that game. Um, like the the different things that, that that they enjoyed doing that wasn't necessarily um, objectives or um, just fun moments that they were able to share with some of their coworkers while they're working on it. Like all that stuff, I think, is what really makes or breaks a, like a showcase. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I think the most positive thing about the Xbox Bethesda showcase was that there were people there <laughs> it's, it's such a ridiculous thing to want but like just it's just it's so important to have we didn't we didn't get that with sony no and you got that a little bit with with summer game fest but a lot of the time it's just kind of jeff introducing it with like kind of a lame sentence 
um, with 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 the with the occasional um, a charisma filled actor. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a bit more old school E three press conference in that sense, mm. where it's just like mm-hmm. you know here I, you know, I I can still recall you know like Xbox show, um, showcases E three years gone by where. I know some corporates up there, it's just like, I'm proud to welcome the cover star of Madden NFL 19 onto the stage. And it's like, Jeff, I'm so excited to be the cover star of NFL 19 this year. Go and pre-order the game. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's a, it's a fine balance because it's like, yeah, getting people up on stage, it can be really, really cringy. I think it was yeah. some, like, we'll get into it, the Summer Games Fest, like the way Nick Cage really engaged the audience, I thought was fantastic. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, and like Keanu Reeves a few years ago, that was that was amazing to see him come back this year and have a bit of a cameo. It was awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, awesome. And yeah, Shane, just overall, how did you feel about this this showcase compared to years prior? Yeah, I, I think this is I think it's easily their best showcase, um, and which is kind of nuts considering it's probably one of their shorter ones. The last couple of years have been about ninety minutes. And this one came clocked in just at about sixty, uh, which was quite quite a surprise. Um, I think for me, I think for me the, the thing that Xbox does really well, and that's really why I like the brand um, that they've knocked out of the park the last few years, is that they constantly deliver on variety. There's variety in their first party. There's variety in the the kinds of publishers and the names that you see on stage, whether it's Sega or you know Koei Tecmo or Bandai Namco in years gone by. Um, or they, you know, they, they do a good, good job showcasing the indie publishers as well, like Annapurna or Devolver Digital or Thunderful this year as well. Um, there's always like a lot of variety. They're, they're really committed to their live service as well with exciting updates, which I love. Um, and it's, you know, a, a game like 33 Immortals um, mm-hmm. or Dungeons of Hinterberg, this, you know, um, indie game made by two people somewhere in like Eastern Europe shares the same stage as Starfield and Hellblade and Fable. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I think that is Xbox's strength. Like this is probably like a discussion for another time, but I think Xbox has done a good job of um, really changing their complete brand image. Like Xbox used to be seen as like Absolutely. hardcore bro shooter console, Halo gears, Call of Duty. And now I think they're, they're everything, but like it's, that they're succeeding even though Halo's in the gutter, sad to say. <laughs> um, and like as a fan, I can still be excited by the brand even though, um, yeah, Halo's not popping off or Gears isn't popping off right now, for instance. So, yeah, I thought it was it, like easily their best showcase. Yeah, so my original point was they're hitting on what they've always done well, which is variety in my eyes, but they also address the core criticism of the past few years, which is single-player first party and gameplay. Mm. Um, and every new game they showed or they revealed from first party this year was, was a single player game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm stoked that it, it really, it really feels as though that, that promise from five years ago at 2018, when they bought all those studios is finally coming to fruition. So that's, Absolutely. yeah, as a, as a fan, that's so exciting. And, and yeah. And it's, it's really important because any conversation about Xbox the last, basically since the Xbox one has been dominated by like, what's going to, what, what are they going to do next? Yeah. And it's sort of been limping along ever since. Even every, every single op-ed opens with like, we all remember 2013. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 10 years. Can we, can yeah. We well, on? and then it became the anniversary of everyone remembering <laughs> the, the reveal, right. you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this, this year was fascinating because it was much more of, of seeing finally from these studios they bought four or five years ago, what is actually bearing fruit from that, from those mm. investments and from everything we were told to be excited about back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeremy, did you, you look like you had 
a point there. Oh, it was it was just like uh, like just talking directly to your point, Shane, about um uh you know like the a- Xbox having this this previous brand of of the shooters. Um, you know, like we didn't we like there was no Gears, Halo, or COD at this at this like showcase yeah. at all, which is yeah. just wild to consider. Like considering that has been their namesake for such a long time, especially, you 100%. know, uh, Halo and Gears. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And, you know, I, like, I think I was not the only one that was surprised we didn't see Gears because it sort of felt like a Gears year. Um, mm. And yet there was there was no update from what they were doing. I um, also haven't heard anyone who was that bummed about it yet. N- no, like, I think, like, Gears comes out and they release pretty well um, and they do all right that they can continue making more. Um, it's mm. like, I don't think that Gears is selling new people at the moment, um, mm. but like they, they, the, the franchise chugs along pretty well. Um, what I did think was interesting, which I know this, this makes a little bit of sense considering um, uh, the, the recent release of Redfall and the, and how that we're probably just never going to hear from that game ever again. Um, <laughs> it was That's in- a good point. I thought we'd hear like, New new update or new expansion or I, something. I, I think they might just sort of like like in, in my opinion, I think they might just put that one to bed. Um and they'll just and they'll, they'll just get arcane working on the next thing. Um mm. but we didn't hear almost anything from Bethesda aside from Starfield, which I know is their huge thing, but there was nothing from id, nothing from Machine Games, mm. nothing from Tango Gameworks. Um Correct like, me if I'm wrong, it was just Fallout seventy six and Elder Scrolls Online, yeah. right? Aside yeah. from Starfield. Yeah. And I was I was kind of surprised we didn't get the Hi Fi Rush DLC because those achievements leaked on Steam early mm-hmm. this week. I'm like they they did say that their ex, uh, extended showcase in a couple of days' time will have stuff that they that we didn't see at the uh, showcase. So yeah. like look. Uh, fingers across for that, but I think it's wishful thinking. Um, yeah, yeah, and I guess yeah. the only DLC thing we saw was the Sea of Thieves Monkey Island mm. uh, crossover. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I thought there was a good chance we'd see Indiana Jones this year. That, 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 um, that was what I what I thought we might see. Um, hang on, my internet has just dropped for a sec. Um, uh, I, I was expecting to see Indiana Jones as well. Um, mm. Considering it has been the, three years since Doom Eternal, so and and that movie is like you know months away um so yeah. like there, there was a there was sort of reason to believe that maybe they would try and at least get a little bit of cross-pollination going but mm. i guess like when machine is ready um they'll, they'll do their own thing yeah and it is a departure for their studio as well totally. it isn't wolfenstein no, so no. if it needs a bit more time in the tank sort of similar with uh fable right not getting a date um, yeah, you know, the, it, it, it's a it's a driving game studio that's making this fantasy open world RPG. So like, you know, take take your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back on Gears, though, like the rumors about a Gears collection were so strong. I oh, they were everywhere. Shoe in for yeah. sure. I would have put all money on that being the case. Um, and I do I do think it is important for the Gears franchise because right now, Gears two, three, and Judgment uh, are not playable natively on PC. Mm-hmm. You you have to play them via via the cloud. Um, and if you want this to be an enduring franchise, like PCs where their growth is right now. Um, mm. So I think, I think it makes sense. It could be one of those things where like, um, I think, you know, the rumors are about the, that Metroid primary master where like it was ready and they were just sitting on it for the longest time. Yeah. They might be just waiting to hold it until Gears 6 is actually closer to release. Yeah. Um, to yeah, be up for that. So I, I yeah. could see yeah. that. I also think that I was thinking about how, how much we knew about the second half of this year after this conference and then I also thought back six months ago to their, what was it, their developer direct mm-hmm. where we got um, Forza news, we got the Hi-Fi Rush announcement and release, we got Minecraft Legends, Elder Scrolls and something else. Um, Redfall, yeah. Redfall, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and how that's that gave us sort of the roadmap of what to be excited about for six months. I, I feel like we have less of that distinct roadmap here because the scope was a bit grander. But mm. um, man, why did I why did I bring this up? I'll quickly jump in and say like there were a couple of games that I was was actually quite surprised didn't appear. Not massive stuff, but things like so there was a game called Ara History Untold a Forex strategy game that was uh, announced last year from Oxide Games, published by Xbox Game Studios, um, that was promised in that 12-month period from yeah. you know, June to June. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, well, then I naturally assume that that's maybe delayed to later this year. Um, but yeah, no show at all. Um, mm-hmm. The developer has been giving updates um, on social media. Um, and I think they've been doing some blogs as well. So I think it's it's not uh, in trouble or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I did, another game that I, I expected to see, Contraband as well. I thought there was time to see that one. Um, yeah yeah a couple of no shows yeah so uh that let's uh let's let's get into our sort of our top our individual top threes our favorite picks here um when i was writing my list i actually kind of struggled to get this down i thought you know i'd have my kind of top ones but i had a number that that sit fairly highly for me um which i was surprised about uh but yeah, it, I think the one that I'll just um, breeze over, I, I, I guess because we'll see it again later, um, but I really loved the reveal of Star Wars Outlaws um, at the start of the show from Ubisoft, from Massive. Yeah. Um, what a great tone uh, cinematic trailer for the set piece, for, for the for, like scene setting of what, they're, of what they're aiming for with that game. Because, um, yeah, we knew nothing about it really before this. That robot's yeah, wearing a trench coat. And it's cool as hell. That robot's wearing a fucking trench coat, and it's dope. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see that, and we'll see it tomorrow. But yeah, yeah I think I think that's really exciting because it's the promise of like, okay, I'm okay with like a CGI trailer to reveal something. Yeah, I'm even more okay when it's like, okay, you're gonna see more of it in like in the next 24 hours. Mm. Um, I think for me, it's surprising that it's a seemingly a single player game. I think they've specifically noted that. Yep, definitely. That's yeah. the last thing I would have expected from Massive considering their heritage. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and open world as well. Um like like yep. fully open mm. world, which you know is more in their wheelhouse, but it's it, yeah. it's cool to have them like it's like Star Wars games have been so awkward for such a long time now and it it's good to sit, to finally see some really strong single player things in motion you know with mm. like you know with with the recent jedi survivor um with this that i know like eclipse is working in the background which i'm not excited for because david cage but like there's there's other stuff happening around and i'm glad that we're getting more more showing than canceling in the star wars games department because it was yeah. it, it was kind of dire for a little bit there um, we're moving past the ea era <laughs> yes yeah basically 100%. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Like Massive is such a talented team. Yeah. Um, I'll throw up my Ubisoft bias flag here um, <laughs> and say like their Snowdrop engine um, is insanely versatile. Snowdrop has been made to use, uh, has been used, pardon me, to make um, not only the Division, but uh, Mario plus Rabbids uses, is run on Snowdrop oh, engine. Oh, you're as kidding. is South Park, um, the Fractured But Whole. So <laughs> wow. that... It is like an insanely versatile engine, so it, it can it can do anything. And <laughs> I'm not too concerned about how it's going to run and look. Uh, according to um, Wikipedia, which has got which has got citations, um, so is the new Avatar game is running on that engine as well. Oh, fantastic! That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It's it's their engine, right? Snowdrop, yeah, it's yeah. massive engine. Yeah, they've yeah. made that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that was that was one of one of my ones. Uh, Shane, what was one? What was one of your three? I'm going to jump in here and steal um, Fable. Yeah. Open the show. Um, I 
I really wanted them just to show a dog just because I want there to be a dog again. Do- the <laughs> dog is such an important part of the Fable experience. So I'll wait for them to confirm that later down the track. Um, but what blew me away was that they specified, and you know, this is true for all the first party stuff, in-game footage. Um, now, I don't know which exactly, which parts were playable. Honestly, um, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of, I'm just like, I can see how this would be gameplay, but the camera's like all over the place. Yeah. Like, um, it didn't, it didn't quite look so amazing that it was like definitely CG. Like you could believe that this was all in game. So I, I kind of wish we just got more of like a locked camera, maybe like swings, a couple swings of swords. Um, but look, they, they, they are nailing the tone of this game, the humor. Um, and that's what I want. I don't like a lot of people back when that fable was revealed, it's like, oh, finally, like Xbox is going to have its own like Witcher or, or something like that. I was like, I don't want that. I don't want like a dark brooding gritty fable game like fable is funny and irreverent and silly mm. like let fable occupy that space that it has to itself um it goes back to like why i love the brand like you know there are there are games that xbox makes that just no one else is making um yeah so i want fable to remain fable be silly be over the top um let me dress up my character in stupid you know let me marry someone then immediately kill them like that sort of thing like, <laughs> it's just like, let's go back to the good old peter molyneux days where it was all ridiculous and I think you know the the the, the tone of Fable. You're right. Like the like the, that trailer. You know, starting off with um, uh, Richard Ayoade from um, uh, from IT Crowd. IT. Um, what and, a masterstroke! Yeah, like like <laughs> like perfect. Like I, I trying to remember who was describing it after. I think it was Phil Spencer talking about how they they're like they're keeping it that English sense of humor. Which mm, is yeah. a really good like I'm I'm really glad that they are they are holding on to that because it really makes that entire experience feel um, more unique. Um, but also, yeah, I think that having a franchise like Fable be a regular hit for Xbox will allow the the overall brand of um, the publisher to feel more more varied, um, mm. which is good for them really like yeah. like fable it can be so versatile um yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad to see that we saw it because i realistically wasn't actually expecting it this year um but i am more than happy to see it yeah, yeah. i'm kind of sad we didn't get like a, a window a release window at the very end yeah mm. so look, i think it was it yeah. the only game that didn't get even a window uh, uh, south of midnight the next game from that's Revolution true didn't either um, so that's so, funny they they opened yeah. with their with their most furthest away non-committal well, p- game potentially yeah i think i think a clockwork revolution which is uh, like skipping ahead but that from in exile that also mm. said coming in due time um, that's that's correct yes yeah so uh yeah so it, it's kind of i was kind of hoping for like a fall 2024 um, who knows? Maybe they they're aiming for it and they just don't want to commit. Um, yeah. Honestly, fair. so I just I hope it's no further than early twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's my 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 hope. Yeah. yeah. And you you mentioned something there, um, and we we sort of discussed it a couple times already. But I I do want to bring up this commitment that Aaron Greenberg made on Twitter about in game footage and all of that. And mm. and 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 it reminds me of the last two or three years. There was the the console launch year where they said, "Oh, all of this is gameplay." And then it was so cut up and so cinematic and didn't really hit. It didn't really feel like that. Yeah. It felt like a lie at the end yeah. of the day. And then last year we got that all things here, all things shown here are coming out in the next 12 months, which was like, whoa, that's exciting. If that happens, that's so cool. And then it didn't. And yeah. they've been dragging that 
that that that that ball that iron ball chained to their ankles through the street for the last twelve months as it as it hasn't worked out for them. Mm. And then they they come out a week beforehand with with this commitment as well, and just reply to someone on Twitter where Aaron Greenberg says, "None of our first party games in the show are full CG trailers. Everything is either in game footage." in-engine footage or in-game footage with some cinematics. Each of our trailers will be labeled so it is hopefully clear for our fans. And, like, they opened with Fable, which seemed like maybe there was a set piece there of the giant fight, right? Which, like, sort of like an Uncharted moment, maybe. Maybe that is gameplay. But in, if it if that's true, that's a very cinematic style where you, you kind of can't tell if the fidelity is that high. Or... Um, Oh, what was the what was the next one? The the oh, South the, of Midnight, yeah. South of Midnight. That seemed almost entire. That that was just a cutscene, you know. That yeah, yeah. I think they said in engine for that one. Um, so yeah, yeah definitely and, not and like gameplay. That, yeah, that is important. It is different. At the same time, it's not the same as in-game footage or in-game footage with some cinematics. Mm. Like, like I feel like I feel like they committed to something that in the end no one's gonna really like care too much about so it's fine but like why are they so set on these these weird bars like no one else is asking for these commitments they come in with them and then and they know what they're going to show and then they most of the time they don't meet their own bar that they set yeah in engine is so fascinating because they were they were talking after the after the showcase about how a lot of the first party xbox games have moved over to unreal engine 4 and 5 um right which um is 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 interesting because of the the dramatic upgrades that that engine has had over the past couple of years but it's also, also not internal it it re- it means like commissions across the board totally yeah. Um, but on top of that, you know, Unreal is now used in movies and TV shows, um, and so the, the idea that in-engine footage, you know, th- there there are things that you can you can pull you can pull details out of games that are being shown off via in-engine footage only, which is you know, like basic tech specs that they're trying to meet. You know, like like levels of fidelity are not going to be dramatically higher um, in-engine footage. Um, to the actual game, um, whereas mm. when it is purely cinematic, they can do like whatever they want. For example, the the Star Wars game, um, but uh, yeah, like it, it it is funny now that that line is being more blurred, considering that in engine footage is realistically the same place that you know Star Wars movies and TV shows are being put together. Um, yeah, which is it, it's just it's a it's a funny thing that we've maybe held on to as an industry just for like maybe a little bit too long now only because mm. in engine used to mean um it's gonna kind of look a lot like this whereas engines are now just so much bigger than what they've ever been um yeah it, 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 it yeah. is interesting it's, it's almost a compliment to the engine right it's yeah it's like well you you look almost as good as cg sometimes so what's <laughs> yeah. even the point anymore just, totally yeah like we we, yeah. we, 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 we I, to your point uh kez like we we know it's not going to look that amazing when we're actually playing it um yeah yeah back to the weird promises like i don't understand why they do that like the, the 12 month thing was like in the moment hype right mm. like amazing oh my god all these games are coming in game pass the next 12 months like i'm gonna i'm eating like a king yeah in reality it doesn't happen um so it's a great pr win in june of that year mm. and then after that it's yeah it's 12 months of just like ah, well yeah. all these games get delayed and like they're, they're doing it for games that are not even in their control like indies and third parties that you know yeah like silk song yeah <laughs> delay the game by their own volition and they can't do anything about that so yeah exactly. that that should be the first and the last time they ever make that promise 
Yeah, 100%. And surely they learned that lesson at the time. Like, oh, if yeah, we ever I, see it again, I, I I will lose my mind. No, I will no one would ever scream. trust them to. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, what's what's on your list? We saw Avowed. <laughs> we saw it. I'm so excited. That game looks fucking sick. Obsidian are back. Yes, that's <laughs> on my list console. as well. <laughs> oh, it just looks so good. We saw Obsidian be Obsidian. And that looks like really exciting. Um. How amazing! One of the things I loved about it was how vibrant the world was, mm, mm-hmm. without without that fable sort of silly cartoon feeling, mm. but also sort of steering away from the the grays and the whites and the and the drab of Skyrim at the same time. Like it, it is such a unique vibe of what they're going for. And and there's like like Outer Worlds is interesting because it was like it, like there was a lot of color in it, but it, it had a specific mm. palette. Um, it kind of looked like the No Man's Sky cover art. Um, which I think was an interesting, like an interesting choice, and like I don't not like it at all. Um, but yeah, like Avowed looks, it looks vibrant. It looks like there's a lot of contrast across all the car- all the colors, which is really cool to see. And also, we got so many little like teasers and tastes of the the caliber of writing that Obsidian is known for, and their style of story, and their style of narrative and characters and morality and all that stuff that makes Obsidian games some of the most interesting RPGs. Um, mm. I am so excited. I'm so glad that we've got a year at least. Like it is, it's, it's mm. a 2024 game. It might get delayed. We don't know, but I'm I'm glad that they've they've put a time frame on it. I'm not looking at it going, we're not going to get this until the end of 2025 or whatever. Um, I'm excited that they are like, again, releasing an RPG of this size, um, which is cool. It looks to be a bigger game than um, Outer Worlds. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just, oh, I love Obsidian. I'm so excited for this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. And for me, it's, it's, this was the game, even for, I don't often get excited by cinematic trailers, which is what the avowed reveal was. What was that three plus years ago now, or at least three? Yeah, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that one, that one hooked me at the time and I've been waiting for it ever since, which is, it's, it's just so rare for me. I don't allow myself to get excited by promises like that, I guess. Mm. Um, and, and seeing it here, it wasn't, it honestly wasn't much, but it was such a nice, check-in it was such a nice here's a taste we're not ready to give you more yet but here's a bit so you can sort of let your imagination run with this you can get a just a solid understanding of what this will be now because we're coming to the 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 other end the other half of the other end of development um and we'll see you soon hopefully with more details I, i i i'm thrilled that we saw it here today and that it is coming down the pipe yeah, but not yeah. too close to Starfield. <laughs> that yeah, that I think that's important too. Um, I think for me, like, uh, if you if you're not a fan of Obsidian or you're not familiar with them, you probably look at the trailer and like, oh, cool, like an RPG, like this sound, this looks great. Yeah. But if you know Obsidian, um, and then like yeah, like Jeremy, you can like you you can see the writing. For me, it was all about like, okay, this is this is going to be a proper RPG through and through, where like that that script at the end, that that main narrator uh, narrator, narrator dialogue, pardon me was saying, um, you know, will you save us or destroy us? And the character walks away from a, a bunch of a dead bodies or even like halfway through the trailer where the narrator's like, we're scared of you. And like, and these like odds, you know, like arcane magic powers that you have. Mm. Like this, this sounds awesome. For yeah. me, like, I don't actually, I actually don't hope it's too much bigger than the Outer Worlds because the Outer Worlds was like a nice, like 15 to 20 hour 
RPG that I could actually finish as an adult with, you know, a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope it doesn't push past like 50 hours. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so stoked. Like there was this cool bear with like this weird like fungal growth all across its back. Mm-hmm. Like the design was yeah. awesome. Um, I think some of the, like the gameplay moments were a bit choppy. Like I'm not sure that the, the trailer performed like um, to the, to the degree that they'd want it to. Um, but it's, it's one of those things like, I don't even care. Like I have complete faith in this studio to actually knock it out of the park. So yep. yeah, I'm stoked for them. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, yeah, you, you, you stumbled on one of mine there. So uh, Shane, why don't you hit us with something else from yours? Oh yeah. Cool. Um, for me, it's, uh, I think it's South of Midnight as well. All of mine yep. are going to be first party just cause like I am, again, this, this harkens back to my original point talking about like why I love Xbox. And that is like, this is like a third person action game. That's like, um, at least they described on the, on the Xbox blog after the fact wide linear. So it seems like you're going to have some freedom, um, but still be on like a linear, a linear story path. Um, which I, I, to my, um, liking the, the, the game that's done that best in, at least in relatively recent times is rise of the tomb Raider. We get that these awesome open hub areas yeah. where it's not necessarily open world, but you're, you're somewhat funneled that you still feel like you have freedom. Um, and like it's all around like weird supernatural like deep south america in like this awesome claymation art style i'm like there is no game like this yeah that i can think of like give me this this sounds amazing um yeah i i, I just love that we're getting something completely otherworldly compared to what xbox and like a lot of other publishers have done in the past so mm-hmm. it's kind of it's just ticking that box of like this is new i didn't know i want this now i want this yeah, because um, it sounds awesome, and yeah, it, it seems like this is the project that Compulsion really, really wanted to do, and maybe they just didn't have the budget to in the past. Um, so yeah, I'm I, I can't wait for this game. It's a shame it didn't get a window, but um, look, there's plenty of other stuff to play in the meantime. Take your time. Totally, and yeah, hearing you describe it like that in terms of like oh the claymation and the and how it is fairly unique, it reminds me of hearing about uh. Cuphead for the first time. Oh yeah, where it, yeah. it's such a such a singular style, such a cool idea, where the concept itself is sort of enough to just greenlight it and see what happens. Mm. Yeah. And like, I think you know, We Happy Few was an interesting project for them because I don't know if it really it really hit for them in the way that they really wanted to. I remember their initial trailers were really exciting. And then as we got more and more information about what the game was going to be like, it it sort of put a people off, put some people off a little bit. And then it, it I think it launched into early access initially and it was just a bit... Really quickly too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really early. <laughs> and so... It's but so it's stylish though, right? Like it just it, had exactly. such a cool idea. The, yeah. the first trailers of We Happy If You, I still remember as like, these were really exciting trailers with a really unique looking world and story and all that stuff. And then seeing them come out with another one is 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 exciting because I think that they would have learned a lot of lessons from uh, We Happy If You and again, mm. now being owned by Xbox, they'll be able to have that budget to really like, 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 I think the only reason they're showing this game now is because they're ready to actually start showing things as opposed to mm. we're working on this thing and we're going to sort of work on it along for a long time. Um, yeah. Th- like we happy few came out quite a while ago. So it, I'm, yeah, it was I'm 2018. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really hoping that this one comes out swinging. Um, and yeah, like the, the Southern Gothic aesthetic is just, mwah, I love, I love that shit so much. Um, I, I want, you know, like I, I almost put, um, 
Oh wait, no, uh, that's sorry. That's Summer Games Fest is the thing that I was just about to spoil. Um, but yeah, we'll, I was, we'll get there. I'm thinking of the same thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But yeah, having it, it reminds me of Control, right? Where having something supernatural but set in the real world, mm. like in like in real places, like is so fascinating. It's the same appeal you get with like The Last of Us as well, where it's like, oh, this is what Pittsburgh would look like, etc. So yeah, it's um, mm. it is fun. That that's the kind of cinematic trailer where I look at it and I'm like, yeah, cool, cool concept. I'll see you in three years. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the one where I'm like, all right, we'll check in later. Uh, and then what else? Yeah, Jeremy. Uh, I guess we come around to your third. Yeah, yeah, list. yeah, yeah. This, this will be my third. Um, still wakes the deep. Um, the latest game from the Chinese room. Um, yes. The developers of um, everybody's gone to the rapture. Um, this trailer, like it, it, it did two things for me that immediately went like, okay, sick. I'm, I'm gonna be here and at like for you. Uh, like day one, which is the Chinese room. They made um, Amnesia Machine for Pigs. Um, What this reminded me of was Soma and Soma fucking rules. And this looks like it rules as well because the setting of it is in this um, like oil rig in the middle of the ocean and it looks scary and they've said that it will be a narrative horror title, which is just complete like green flags for me to go like, yep, I'm, I think I'm going to be really into this one when, when it comes around. Um, they also gave a, a, a tighter window, which is early 2024, um, which is, which is really exciting. Um, Cause we're not going to have to wait too long for it. Um, I think it's just a really awesome looking game. We saw a lot of the first person gameplay in it, which is cool. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just like that, th- they, they make such interesting games, um, that I sort of always want to at least give them all a go because they're always going to give me something that I haven't really experienced before in, in, in a lot of these spaces because they really love to hone in on a specific idea or a specific setting and just explore that to the nth degree and, and get the most out of it. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for this still wakes the deep looks so cool. Yeah, that's one I need to see the trailer for again because it, it, that one kind of washed over me. I, I, I might have been between things that hooked me a bit um, more more for, uh, intensely, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, seeing seeing what is next from the Chinese room. And what I do remember from that trailer is they had great water tech in that in that mm. opening. Yep, yeah. It looked stunning. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know it did a good job because like when it completely scares me off because I don't like horror. <laughs> and I could tell this is a game I'm never playing. Yep. It's like, yep. Bravo trailer. I will never play you. <laughs> Every time we come around to October, Jeremy makes me play something else scary. Yeah. 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 We, we, well, I've, I've been, I've been trying to push Carrie into, into playing more and more horror games when, when Halloween comes around. Cause it's just an easy excuse. Yeah. Um, and I think for the most part, you've been enjoying them, Carrie. I have been. It's yeah. been nice getting my feet wet with Resident Evil. And I did really like Soma, even although it was absolutely horrendous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll just come in with, with my last one here, mm-hmm. um, which for me was Clockwork Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, what a fascinating concept that they showed so much of at once. That sort of, it was like... Uh, a very Bioshock Infinite style. Um, 
but also quite singular. It like it wasn't ripping it off wholesale, despite how similar it was. It definitely felt like it had its own uh, identity within this. Um, but yeah, In Exile is one of their newer studios, right? I was picked up 2018, I want to say, at the same time as Obsidian. That's right, and they're the developers of Wasteland, right? Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, they're not they're not. It's not like uh, the Coalition where they were created for for xbox um no yeah this is like the old guard from interplay like the original creators of fallout um they all split and went you know kind of obsidian but that's right yeah 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 so yeah it's fascinating seeing them branching out of the tactics arena with which is what they were going for with wasteland for for a good number of years um but yeah the style on this one is just uh, just 10 out of 10 like you you Mm. can't go wrong um yeah, I've yeah, got some, it, I've got some do- uh, interesting bullet points here on the Xbox Wire blog post specifically mm-hmm. about the game. Mm-hmm. A new time-traveling first-person action RPG. Explore the Victorian-era metropolis of Avalon where key moments of its history have been secretly altered to bring wealth and power to the elite. Um, the game pushes role-playing and reactivity to new heights where changes you make in the past can butterfly out to extraordinary and sometimes unexpected outcomes. So yeah, it's going to play with time and mm-hmm. it'll still be a first-person action RPG. I haven't played Wasteland, but by all accounts, it's a, a phenomenal role-playing game. Um, many say it's one of the best of the last generation. Mm. Uh, I, I would like to get around to it because, yeah, I think the In Exile is like one of, like Compulsion, I think one of Xbox's dark horses in their yeah. first-party roster for sure. And it's funny, returning to this, like, sort of Sky City, steampunk, old-timey, futuristic vibe, like, it's, it, it is just amazing this this is so funny. Looking at Clockwork Revolution um, on the Xbox channel on YouTube, they even have it listed. You know how they have to choose a game for it. They even have the game chosen for it as Bioshock Infinite. Like <laughs> that, that, that is like like talking to you that they do that is uh, detected by an algorithm. That's not anyone actually choosing that. Because um, I like I I did notice that, and I saw um, Dave Oshry on Twitter, who is um, the head of New Blood. Um, when like he makes all of those old school um, first person shooters, apparently frequently the game that gets chosen for his modern old school first person shooters is the original Quake that just gets attached to his his <laughs> oh, game trailers. Oh, that's um, funny. Yeah. It's it, AI's like, not so smart, hey. No, <laughs> yeah, that's Bioshock. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like, look. But, to be fair, I thought it was Bioshock for the first like minute, and I was terrified because I was like, oh god, I don't want to have to go through this discourse again about about Bioshock Infinite but like I, I, I'm excited to see more games playing in that in that like physical space of like you know st- steampunk that sort of thing we, we don't get yeah. those we don't get many games in that in that area um, mm, especially no. not ones with a budget maybe as big as this um, so it, it'll be cool to see see some more takes on that on that genre and it's also like yeah. a, another another sort of Back to the future time travel story. I feel like I, I feel like we haven't had in a while. We've had time loops, right? We've had uh, we've had like um, Wolfenstein, where it's like a different reality sort of time frame or the alternate history. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this is sort of playing with that classic, you know, go back in time, change things, go back forward. Oh no, what have I done? Everything's wrong. Like that's such a good arena to play in. And for a long time, it was tired. So I get it why we haven't seen it for a while. This feels like such an imaginative way that they're doing the setting, the way the the um the sort of the, the leader of the area, the sort of the seeming oppressor lady of this place was sort of talking to the character, talking to us through the trailer was was quite um 
engrossing, was very engaging. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did a great job of um, getting me excited for this, for something that I had no idea what it was before the trailer started. Yeah, I, I think that's the point I was going to make is that the VO, the narration, it, it was compelling. It re- like I'm hopeful that we get a, a really interesting villain that's, you know, driving us through this this narrative, this RPG. Mm. And then Shane, what's your what's your last pick here? Um, I'm tossing Clockwork was it, but I was already thinking about before you said that about just picking there's a couple a couple of points. Like one, I'll quickly just say Towerborn, the game from Stoic Studios. I love Stoic Studios. I think the, the Banner Saga is exceptionally underappreciated trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um I just love that Xbox Game Studios publishing is working with these smaller developers on like other little projects that kind of just fill out the roster mm-hmm. and provide something new. Like As Dusk Falls, not my type of game, but um, I think for those people who like those narrative adventures, that was really good. Yeah, they really um, liked it apparently, the yeah. people who liked it. And for me, like I, it's a shame these leaked beforehand, but Persona 3 Reload, Persona 5 Tactica, um, and oh, also and new one Atlas's well. new game, yeah, which I'm just trying to find the name of. Um, yes. Is it Metaphor? Is it Metaphor? Is <laughs> yeah, it is Metaphor, yes. yeah. Re- metaphor Fantasio. Revolution or something, yeah. Metaphor Refantasio, um, which yes. is 2024 apparently. Um, I think going back to the original point we spoke about, you know, how Halo Gears and Call of Duty weren't here. If you if you take out Fable and Forza out of this presentation and you showed it to someone without any of the Xbox logos, I'm not like 10 years ago, you'd never pick this as an Xbox showcase. No, it's no. Really un- unrecognizable. Because um, you've got you've got Ubisoft Star Wars in there. Yeah. You've got you've like got all this these game. indie games like Persona 3, you've got that new Capcom IP, um Like a Dragon. Path of the Goddess, Like a Dragon, like Persona. Yeah, it was just yeah. So anyway, not to, to dwell too much on that point, but I think I think it is fantastic. Like, you know, Xbox fan base has been giving xbox the feedback like we want more japanese games why don't we have persona um what's what's this relationship with sega like mm. and for for the for the remake of persona 3 a spin-off of p5 and the new ip from atlas to rock up on xbox's stage i think it's just like they are putting in the hard yards and really listening and, and giving that feedback well they're um, not just whether, they're not yeah. just on stage i'll point out they're also on game pass right yeah huge absolutely massive so it, it actually gives me hope that um so I remember when, oh, what was it? I think it was like way back in the 360 era. I remember Peter Moore saying like there were three franchises that, that the team at the time were like, they're like this generation, we need to get these franchises on the Xbox and they weren't previously. It was like Final Fantasy, yeah. Metal Gear and Devil May Cry, I think. I think yeah, those right. were the three big third-party exclusives that PlayStation had. And they did that. They got those games by the end of the generation. Yep. Um, so yeah, like kudos to them then and kudos to them now it seems like they're, they're doing hard yards whether they'll you know imagine <laughs> like uh, uh pardon me um manage to get square enix back on board in some meaningful capacity i'm not sure but look they're yeah. doing it with they're doing it with sega they seem to be doing it well with like koei tecmo and bandai namco as well so i just want to point to those three like together as a mm. cluster as like a, a, a good sign that they really care about the japanese market still so yeah, yeah. I- and they, they really must have fostered a strong relationship with atlas Mm. Well, and Sega, because right? you had all the, the Yakuza games as well, right? Back in the day, like yeah. dropping in Game Pass. And then, yeah, and then Like a Dragon is like a Xbox launch title um, for the series consoles. So, yeah. It's it, it's interesting as well, because I remember like there were rumors floating around prior to the um, the announcement to, in, to, like the announcement of the intention to buy Activision Blizzard King was like, 
are Xbox going to acquire Sega? Um, because there was there was just that really close relationship that they've been fostering for quite a long time that I think if it doesn't go through, I know that like like as we are recording this, the there's another hearing happening in in the English whatever about about Activision Blizzard King. Um, but um, I can actually see them looking to Sega. Um, to acquire them if if the Activision Blizzard King acquisition doesn't mm. go through, um, and yeah, oh, yeah, like, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, and and like it, it reminds me like way back when they they said that they really wanted to get Final Fantasy on the Xbox console, and they did end up doing it with Final Fantasy Thirteen um, or Xbox. <laughs> I know, and and that was like I remember because like they swung for that in in both directions because they also. Do you remember the game Lost Odyssey? <laughs> that was oh, man. that was Thankfully, yes. meant to be their like their Final Fantasy that was only going to be on Xbox, and that game is on like four discs. And mm. I, I, my understanding is that it's interesting and not great, which is unfortunate for them. Um, but like that was going to be their like we've got like the people that made Final Fantasy, we've got them working on a game just for us. Yeah. Um, and so you can... Yeah, you have to you have to credit the effort as well. Like, like <laughs> yeah. okay, if you want to get your own Final Fantasy, let's go to the creator of Final Fantasy, get him to make two Absolutely. RPGs in Lost Odyssey and, and Blue Dragon. Yes. Um, mm. Yeah. I, I 100%, 100% agree with you on the Sega point, Jez. Like, yeah, if ABK doesn't go through, I, I think they will go for Sega. Yeah. Um, the the future of Japanese games market is mobile. Like that's just, it's set in stone at this point. Sure. Um, and so if Atlas wants to reach, you know, the uh, the Persona 5 fan base, like a lot of them, in at least in the East, are going to be on mobile as well. And they're going to do that via the cloud. So yeah, um, yeah I can I can see that happening mm. for sure. Mm. So yeah, that that sort of sums us up. I At the end of the day, I do, I do think this was a fantastic conference. I enjoyed last year's conference as well. Um, before those games didn't hit their their bar that they set, <laughs> at but, the time um, it was fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I do. I did leave this one feeling like we still have a lot of future promises, and not too much immediate future, near future stuff. It's like Forza's coming in October. I was like, Oof, okay. <laughs> and like Persona's coming, but yeah, it was leaked. That's not their fault, and that is exciting. But it will be on other stuff too. So I am excited for their future more so than I have been before. But if it weren't for Starfield, I would probably have not... My, the needle for my opinion on where Xbox is headed would not have shifted with this conference for me. I... Yeah, I think um, I think for me, like, I'm just glad we got gameplay um, and the, at least the glimpse at, like, okay, we're getting close, right? Like, Fable isn't too far off. It's good to know that Compulsion and and In Exile, their projects have been revealed, and so they're probably closer mm. than maybe we originally anticipated. Um, I think it's 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 just it sucks that like yeah, we still haven't seen like State of Decay three or Perfect mm. Dark. There's no sign of Gears. Mm. What's happening with Halo? Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of question marks. And actually, looking ahead to 2024, like officially, it's actually looking pretty sparse. Like we know. Mm. We know Hellblade avowed and Towerborn right now in the yeah. official like first party capacity, and that's it. They've said, um, you know, Mapu's noted like they they can see the 
the one game a quarter like on the horizon so yeah um and i think phil noted at the end of this showcase as well that like there is more in 2024 that they haven't revealed so that's it yeah. i think yeah we'll probably yeah you, you maybe you get the gears collection next year and maybe a couple of other little surprises like a hi-fi rush equivalent um or maybe they're just like you know indiana jones might be ready for next year and they just don't want to show it yet maybe it's a game awards reveal um and yeah the, and I just, the- they do yeah. have the flight sim as well, like which is yeah, like the flight sim yeah, update. Like yeah. you know, I, I don't. Like, I'm assuming that's a 2024 game, considering it's in the name. I didn't actually <laughs> check the release date, but like if well, they I hope so. yeah. if they didn't like that would be strange. But like I think that they're going to start counting some of those as well, which is like again they're not like they're not the most widespread releases, um, mm. which I think is maybe one of the biggest differences between PlayStation and Xbox at the moment is that Sony mm. are releasing games trying to capture like the mass appeal yeah the mass appeal the everybody like like the game everybody is talking about is what we want mm. and xbox every time every time and xbox is like yeah like we're gonna make you know the best fucking flight simulator that anyone has ever laid <laughs> yeah. their hands on and this group of people are gonna fucking love it and anyone else is probably not even gonna touch it but like the, yeah. they, they are going for different things which i think is 100%. really fascinating yeah, I think that's so true for so many of their games. Like we just spoke about Wasteland Three, right? Like I reckon mm. there's a hardcore RPG audience who Ooh, just yeah. who just adore that game and are probably still playing it to this day. Yeah. Um, I think like Ori is like vastly underappreciated. It feels like yeah. those games come and go, mm. and those are easily game of the year contenders in my mind. Um, some of the best Metroidvanias we've ever seen. Um, even yeah, about like Hellblade, and, even though yeah. it's a third person action game, it's like it's going to be you know dark and not mass appeal because it's about psychosis and mental health and um a lot of people just won't be interested in that they want to go fight robot dinosaurs in horizon instead yep um yeah yeah so what we'll what we'll do we'll we'll throw it to a break now and when we come back we'll talk starfield and then whatever time we have left we'll squeeze uh, <laughs> summer game fest into because we are being classic minimap here and going along but i'm having a great time so uh stick around we'll be back 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 briefly right after this break We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. We've spent that entire break talking about Halo, and it was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really the long and short of it. It was great. We opened a can of worms and we reminisced. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I knew it was, uh, was going to be dangerous. I'm like, okay, how much time we got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what have we got to talk about in the second half? Uh, the thing that elevated the Xbox showcase for me the most was the entire second half of it. Starfield for 45 minutes, the new game from Bethesda game studios, the people who made Skyrim, Fallout 3, Fallout 4, Fallout 76. Um, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a showcase like not not even like the xbox showcase but like what a what a what a focused game showcase i Mm. i don't think i've been so engaged by such a long deep dive since fallout 4's reveal in 2015 yeah and that worries me because i was so into that game and then i definitely wasn't after i played it for a little bit um this looks way more like (laughs) I'm I'm more into this than I was into Fallout 4 when it was first shown. Um, yep. There's a lot more here that I think will uh, go right, I think. Um, there's a lot of things that 
are really exciting about this game and they are really, really kind of swinging for something that they haven't been in that space in a long time. You know, like the, the, the phrase that they've said over and over again is that we haven't made a new world in 20 or 25 years or whatever they said. Um, that like, that actually really carries some weight for them because like there's a reason that they haven't done that. And it's because the two they have are so strong and mm, yeah. are so versatile and they can continue to expand on it over and over again. You know, there will always and also be... also their entries are so strong. Like they yeah. have, they have given us very strong foundational pillars of the industry with these entries in these franchises. And they, they will always find a new region in, in the Elder Scrolls canon to visit. They will always find a new city in America to visit in Fallout. Um, but them deciding, like, actually, no, we want to do, like, a different thing altogether. We want to do this grand science fiction, like, adventure story um, is really exciting just because it's not going to have this this baggage of, of franchises that, are, that that we know and have experienced for, for decades Like, oh, now. which vault am I going to wake up in this time? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Shane, what did you Shane, think how about? did you feel about the Starfield presentation? Yeah, I was I was kind of blown away. Um, I'm not a Fallout fan. Uh, I love Elder Scrolls, though. Fallout for me is just gross. <laughs> like, I don't want to be <laughs> in this world. Totally fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is all disgusting and brown and grey, and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but give me fantasy, like Skyrim. I adore Skyrim. And what I adore, what I adore about Skyrim is just like the the care that is taken in every aspect of its presentation. Um, like it, you know, it's almost what. 12 years ago that the game launched. Um, but I can still remember just oh the, the wonder of like your skill tree being the constellation of, you know, the stars in the sky. I'm like, who thinks of that? That is brilliant. Mm. Um, and just the environmental storytelling, you know, you, you'd walk into this cave and there'd be a hole in the cave ceiling. So light would pass through, which means plant growth was able to happen. So it's like, it's beautiful and there's like a babbling brook and that means animals are attracted. And like, it's just, it was, it was well at the time world building on a completely new level that we'd never really seen before, other than I would mm -hmm. say probably mass effect. Um, and the idea that, okay, this team that delivered that type of experience is now doing that again, but it's a thousand planets at first was like, Ooh, I don't know that when they mentioned that, I think last year I was like, uh, this is kind of scary. Like how good are those a thousand planets going to be? Um, but just the, like the depth of the systems that they showed across, yeah, 45 minutes. I couldn't believe it. When, when they cut in halfway and they're just like, okay guys, we're going to take a break to announce some accessories. Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> it was like, let's pick up steam again. Totally. Um, well, was, they did that. And I was yeah. like, don't stop yet. I want yeah. you to keep telling me more about this game. Yeah. Like, I caught up on, I caught up on kind of funny's live reaction as well. Funnily enough, they yeah. didn't actually react to it live. Cause I got stuck on a plane coming back from summer games fest. Yeah, so yeah, that's how watched I watched it. it. They watched yeah. it delayed. Um, and they got to the end of it. And it's like, <laughs> I think it was Tim that was like, okay guys, now we're going to react to the Xbox showcase and, um, and Starfield. And I think Andy was just like, Oh, that's right. Yeah. The Xbox showcase that happened too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> completely absorbed by Starfield. And I, I felt the same way. Like, I am I'm so on board for this. I'm almost thankful that there aren't too many other games in like the latter um, quarter of the year that I'm very interested in because mm -hmm. it's just going to give me more time with this game because we're going to need it. And I think for me, what also impressed me is like the stuff that should never have been in doubt, right? It's like, it's the depth of the factions and the storylines and how they run so deep and how your the background that you pick, the one of, you know, 20 
background profiles or whatever will have an influence on this particular faction or, or what have you. Um, yeah, it, it, re- it really does feel like a how. How yeah. are they doing this? How is this even possible? How is it get how how is this going to run on the Xbox Series S for once? Like yeah. later, it came out that it's going to it's fourteen forty p thirty. Yeah, and uh, even that, I'm just like fourteen forty p. I mean, bravo! Like here, I was thinking it was going to be seven twenty or something. <laughs> just, just how <laughs> ambitious it was. Um, Last of Us resolution on PS three. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I, I was completely blown away. I think they did exactly what they needed to do with this showcase of Starfield. It's just like silence the critics from all corners of the internet that I'm looking at. Everyone is so pumped for this game. I, I still have one or two little things that I am a little bit worried about. Like the the 1,000 planets still scares mm. me because mm-hmm. like they're, they're not all hand made because you can't do that that's that is yeah. that is not a not a task that is possible um no and, this game already took five six six seven eight years to make yeah <laughs> yeah and with procedural yes mm-hmm. and so like i am curious about how much of it is going to feel um not like not repetitive but like there was a level of uh you know like mines in skyrim for example being um like you know having having those really cool moments of yeah like there's like coming down so vegetation grows and animals and etc but like some of them did feel kind of samey in that regard where there was there was always a there was always a, a hidden door and there was always a latch on the other side of that door that you'd wrap around open and it'll take you to the beginning and that mm-hmm. was like that's like an, an overall good decision to make in your dungeon design because you finish the dungeon and they want to just send you back out to the world again. That's a good decision, but they all there was a, a commonality between a lot of them that that was a bit. Um, it, it was looking at a seam, right? Which is mm-hmm. not the worst thing in the world. Um, but when you've got a thousand planets, like I don't know the the size and scale of these planets. Um, is are these you know, I'm assuming they're not No Man's Sky level planets, but are they, um, you know, are they the size of a very large, like, I, I, I have no idea how big they are. I have absolutely no yeah. no sense of scale for this game, um, mm. which is worrying me, but also exciting me because I, one of the things that I love the most about science fiction games and just games set in space in general that you can move around in is feeling like, I'm, I'm discovering something like this is like no one has found this, but me, or I, I am experiencing this tiny aspect of this little world before anyone else has. Um, and mm. I get to share that, that intimate moment with, with whatever I'm discovering. Um, I really hope the game can capture that. And I think with how um, the, 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 the tone of the science fiction that this game is, is, is trying to, um, like convey i think will allow that it's not star wars um it is also not really star trek either it, it is in mm. this like you know like frontier-esque um uh era of of science fiction of like you know great expanse i guess um with some history of course but i i really do hope that i feel like i am able to be an explorer um yeah. which i think it's gonna yeah Sorry. No, no, I just like, like, I just, I want to feel like I am, I am going out and seeing new things for the first time um, that if not people in this game have never seen, but maybe even people who are also playing the game the same time as me and uh, have not seen before because it is so um, wide, but worth seeing. Yeah. I think the, like the, the mission of constellation, right? Like that 
that that main organizational body or team that you're joining is like advancing humanity and for me like i think that's good that's going to be that main driver it's just like you know what does it mean for humanity to breach space yeah and you mm. see like these different factions being created because of that um and I, it's also telling because you know at least from what we've seen there's no you're not interacting with any like other intelligent life like there's no there aren't you know species of aliens that you're communicating with like mass effect sort of thing mm. yeah um so i think that's going to be like core to the to the story for sure yeah mm-hmm. yeah no it, it was it was absolutely fascinating and you you um you, you reminded me of something there when you were talking about, you know, how well are you going to be able to explore and do something at the same time? You're, you're, you're right as well, Shane, that they are doing so many systems. Like we're talking about, we're talking about excellent, like on foot exploration. We're talking about like cataloging of species and, and flora and fauna. We're talking about combat. We're talking about, uh, yeah, like exploration of man-made and natural like places. Then we're talking about creating your own outposts and mm. uh, cr- changing your ship, changing the way it lays out even in the, the center, what rooms are in it and what combat capacity it has, how much cargo capacity it can carry. Are you going to become a, a freighter and, and engage with trade when you're in space? Do you run away from fights or do you become a pirate and try to take people down or do you engage with all of the the red uh, the uh, there was some faction that was red something do you but do you take all of them out and and do you Mm. become like a combat pilot or do you fly to these luxury cruises or the space stations or is it about discovering the cities on these planets like there are so many different ways that you could lose an afternoon and i was talking about it with um with uh some friends in our in our discord that we have and um uh, I was talking about how it reminded me of Tears of the Kingdom, how I can accidentally lose four hours in just one aspect of that game. Yeah. And then when I come back, if I'm tired of being in the depths or whatever, it's like, great, time to go see some Sky Islands that I haven't seen before. And that's a completely different feel inside of this game that I'm already in um, while contributing to the same progress. And then, you know, I can go do the story. I can go find a dungeon. I can go onto the mainland. I can go see a village that I knew from the first game. Like, it's that it's that ability to, if all of those things hit in some way, if they're all engaging, and even if only 75% of them are engaging, maybe I don't want to build an outpost ever. I'm st- there's still going to be so many things for me to do. I could be on foot. I can be in the ship. I can build a ship. I can do the story. I'm very excited for the possibility of all of those things landing. Mm. Um, for, for my history with Bethesda games, with Fallout 4, 3, and Skyrim, I, I do really like them, and I play all of them for at least a few dozen hours. Um, but I'm such, a, I'm such a, a tick box open world person, almost to a fault, where I will play the game so much doing so many things that aren't important that I burn out before I get more than 25% of the way through the story. So yeah. I, I hope to be a little bit more disciplined coming into this one, experience a bit more of that sort of auth- authored content that I really have absolutely nearly zero knowledge <laughs> of in terms of their past catalog and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and see everything that they have to offer before I, uh, before I check out. It sounds like um, you and I are very similar, Kerry, in the sense that I've played, I've, I've put in 40 hours into The Witcher 3 twice. Yes, and, yes. And every every single time, it's when I get to ask, "Is it Skellige? And, Yes, um, and I'm just like, 
you know what? I'm done. <laughs> like I put too much, <laughs> too many hours into that first section. I'm like, I can't do this open this section of the open world again. It's, it's like, literally exactly what happened to me. I made it, I made it 80 because I did the second area on the mainland, Novigrad, yeah. with like uh, Triss. Yeah. And then yeah, made it to Skellige, and it's a whole new place, and and I fall off cliffs, and like, uh, I'll get back to this later. Yeah. Never. <laughs> <laughs> that was eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there one thing that we're like? What is your plan for for Starfield before we move over to, to Summer Game Fest? What kind of what kind of space person are you gonna be? Because I'm gonna be the biggest fucking ship creating fiend, little goblin man of just making creating. Ho- yes, I'm gonna make so many horrendous looking and awesome looking spaceships. <laughs> yeah. It was be- funny they showed that off, where they were like, "You can create a thing that looks like a transformer or yeah. a platypus." It's yeah. Like, okay. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna make so many of those like obscenities of 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 space vehicles that I can. It that is that is my thing. I'm gonna be a, a ship maker. Yeah. Jeff Bezos's rocket. Ugh. I'm such a vanilla player sometimes. Like like what like in my mind I'm just like, "Oh, I just want to make the Milano like from Guardians. Like someone make that for me so I can hey, just get the get the blueprint and do that and it's going to be like, you know, really good at combat but still like really maneuverable." And when I think about the game, like here's what's here's is here's exactly how I'm going to play it. I'm going to spend way too much time on one base on one planet out of a thousand and then immediately like go to another system and completely forget about that that outpost that I, mm-hmm. and I'll just like completely abandon it. And my poor companions will be there be like, I'll visit 50 years later and be like, I have <laughs> 1 million iron for you, sir. I'm like, I don't need it anymore. You mean nothing to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Like it's one of those things like Skyrim did such a great job of this about uh, as well. Like the factions felt so rich with history mm. and like, you just like, they could be games unto themselves. Like, you know, just like, um, being like you know, joining the Majors Guild or whatever, um, and interacting with those characters. So I'm excited to have that again, but just in an entirely new setting. Mm. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of mind blowing. Like I was already like, oh yeah, Starfield, let's go. I'm keen for it. But now I'm just like, give it to me now. I need yep. this game. Yep. Yeah. For me, I I had the thought while we were just talking then of like. How and and it was along those lines, Shane, of like dedicating so much time to one thing on one planet. Mm. And I was thinking, like, if if I were to do this the way I normally do it, how could I do it in a way that I still remembered the individuality of the planets? Because I feel like if if I just did this in the checkbox way, where it's like, okay, I see a, an outpost there, scan all the trees, scan all the animals. All right, next thing. And I was thinking, like, how could I how could I do that in a way that felt like organic and but also memorable? And I. I had the briefest idea and it's such a commitment. I was like, oh, how would a, this is sort of the most inclined naturally I've been towards role-playing like ever. And I was like, oh, what would a, what would an actual explorer do? Well, they'd be there. They'd be writing notes. They'd probably spend time in each area as they were writing notes, looking out at the field and looking at it, looking at the new creature they discovered, writing it down and go in there like planet Ublon page. And, and they'd figure that out and then they'd move on. But because they'd, they dedicated that sort of study to it. It wasn't just a open world checkbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could be more memorable in that way. And I and then I thought to myself, do I buy a, a Starfield notepad and survey the galaxy? <laughs> Please do that because that is some of the most fun I've ever had in games. Is when I have inhabited a a character that is so far away from me. 
Like, like the, the time I went through like a good chunk of Red Dead Redemption when I first played it on PS4 with a coin in my hand and I two-faced my way <laughs> all the way across like one of the chapters of that game because I wanted to see what it would be like if I was just two-faced chaotic, you know, flip a coin to see if this person lives or dies. Um, Amazing. Such a fucking psycho in that game. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so fun to see how the game rewards you for that stuff because I have such strong memories of that exact moment and it was so fun um, yeah. that you know, really trying to pretend to be another type of person in these games. Um, like a lot of the time they do reward it in ways that you probably just wouldn't see some some part of this system react in a different way otherwise. Um, mm. Like I finished Fallout New Vegas, I think about three different times, um, mm. being different characters each time. I was like, I was completely, completely like good, good in the, in the, in the traditional sense of the word in that game, completely evil, like full, like I'm going to join the, the, the evil Roman, Roman bad guys. And one of them in the middle was like, oh, I'm just going to kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to be selfish and see what that, what that gets me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to being all different types of spaceman <laughs> in <laughs> Starfield. It's funny. Actually, I watched uh, half of an interview that, uh, Todd Howard did with Ryan McCaffrey like a day ago and it put, it went live as the Xbox conference finished. Um, and Ryan asked a question about how, you know, what did the team pull from these other sort of sci-fi games that you, that you haven't been in the same field of things like mass effect and things like no man's sky that I could see parallels to here. Mm -hmm. And Todd kind of danced around that a little bit. He was like, I don't know about those. Like, yes, you, you can see that. And you can see the DNA of our previous games there. But he said, "What we, what we, our focus is sort of about being in a world," and he likened that to Red Dead Redemption too, about how that's like it's about being in that world, mm. and you know you can you can get captured by hillbillies and and drugged and left in a ditch, and then you can decide to go back and get your revenge or hogtie them or whatever, like we did when I played with you with the couch that one time, like yeah. yeah. It, it was fascinating seeing them likening it to that, mm. uh, to to make that comparison in, in regard, especially almost in contrast to the ones that Ryan made on the other end of the of the dialogue system that you get with Mass Effect in space, you know, of, of the No Man's Sky exploration. Um, yeah, I found that fascinating. And I really hope that they have learned the lesson. And like, I believe they have, but like the lessons from Fallout 4 um, of, of allowing you to really sort of go off the deep end and give me many, yeah. many deep ends to go off um, because the, yeah, like I think, you know, and it's, it's been said to death, but the, the inclusion of the voice protagonist in Fallout 4, I think was, was a misstep um, because it meant that yeah, they had restrictive. They, yeah. They had to funnel you um, in, in directions that you might not have necessarily wanted to go. So I, I am glad that that's not in this game, but I hope that they, they go further than that. They allow you to sort of be as many different types of, people in this in this in this world that's a perfect example and this happens all the time in the games industry of careful what you wish for with a voice protagonist as yep. well because yep. yeah it was and like that was such a selling it's point been, it's been a core criticism of so many games right like halo is one of them um whereas sometimes maybe you don't want that mm. yeah <laughs> there's a reason why you know the designers do it this way yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. fascinating because it's the only way i could come to the the, the second game after skyrim thinking that it's better that the main character isn't voiced 
is by seeing them try it so wholeheartedly and it just fundamentally altered a yep. bit of the structure of the game in a way that was in the end detrimental it was it's yep. like like if you had told me 12 years ago hey the next the second one of these after this like they made another one and this is the next one mm. and it's not voiced and everyone's happy about it i'd be like what yeah, yeah. what are yeah. you talking about yep. yeah yeah it's one of those things i think it's i think it's core to the the true role-playing experience right like even something like the witcher 3 like a fantastic role-playing game but you're not playing you you're playing you're playing Geralt yeah, right yeah um and that that is completely different to being to deciding as a player i'm going to be a space pirate that goes against constellation and does his own thing and i make ships shaped like platypus you know what i mean like yeah. you can't and your voice yeah. could sound like whatever you want it to in your yeah, head exactly yeah 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 so yeah fascinating what a, what a th- like excellent excellent showcase for me it was oh, yeah. the masterclass the, the, in like a single game direct yeah yeah Amazing. exactly and for me it was the best part of the xbox two hour block as well and so um, many people i need to stress again so many people that we got to see who are working on this game who are excited about yeah. it that is what mm. gets me excited about games is seeing that the people that's why i love going to pax because i get to talk to the people who make the games yeah. it's mm-hmm. the most important part is recognizing that there are there are human there, there are humans behind the game, but also th- there are human stories happening inside of these games. I'm, I'm so yeah. glad they decided to do it. Have you guys watched um, Psych Odyssey, the Double Fine documentary? Oh, no, no, not yet. I'm, I'm about seven or eight episodes in, and it is amazing. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, meaty, Jerry, right? Like, it's you love, hours you and hours, yeah. I saw this documentary. Yeah. The, it's, 30, it's like 32 episodes. They're at least half hour long each. It's, yeah, wow. Uh, it's incredible. The amount of video game documentaries that I have in my backlog is like, I really, <laughs> really need to get around to to, to watching these is, is very yeah. high. The Xbox One they did for the 20th anniversary was amazing too. I, 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 was I did love say, that. That was good. That was a really, so really good, good one. Yeah. All right, changing gears. Yeah. We've, we've, we've managed to talk about Starfield with enough time to squeeze in some Summer Game Fest discussion. On to the opposite of developers talking about their games. Let's go to the Keeleys. <laughs> the Keeleys. Uh, let's go. Gracious. So Summer Game Fest happened, wow, it was a Thursday night for us, something like that, a yeah. few days ago. Yeah. Oh, sorry, final Starfield thing. I really like the watch and I cannot justify buying it. I got the controller. It's so funny you say that. Like my marketing hat was on. The second I saw the watch in the game, I'm like, they better do a watch. Yes. The, the perfect, the perfect merchandise opportunity or collector's edition opportunity. Um, Jeremy, also you, another you... quick shout out for me. I love the oh. fact that the uh, Rasco, that robot, can like say your name. Mm. That you re- yeah, like, that's a cool thing. As Captain Howard. I'm like, I feel sorry for all those people with the odd names that aren't gonna be able yeah. to do that. But anyway, mm. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if mine's in there. It really is with things like that. Um. Jeremy, you said you got the controller. Yeah, yeah, I managed to get in before they sold out. I love those. Oh, I like. I look so good. I like the design, and I love those transparent triggers. It looks dope. It's easily yeah. one of the best special edition controller designs I've seen in I don't know how long. Like, like we worked in a game store over the last two or three or four years, Jeremy. Well, not over the last two years, but yeah. you know, recently enough that we, you know, we saw the secondhand ones traded in, and the re-releases of the others, and the the new ones when they came in. And this, this is so cool. <laughs> Yes, I'm glad you bought it like so I can hold it. By the world. Yeah, 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 like yeah. They yeah. Like they could actually be in the world. Ah, oh, so good. And and they did the same thing with the headphones, where all the details is like, uh, like on the controller, it's got a grip here, like where you hold it on the handles, and yeah. and the the throttle on the on the analog stick, and and the yeah. cam. It says like cam on the on, on the right analog stick. So it's so clever. Um, sorry, yes, yeah, so, sorry, summer game fest. We'll 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 uh, we'll, we'll put 
Starfield to bed for now. We'll get we'll have plenty to say in September. Um, Summer Game Fest was last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it was as strong as the Xbox showcase. However, I do think it was one of Keeley's stronger press conferences in general out of the last, let's say, COVID era, um, especially as he's been doing more and more of them and sort of spreading himself a bit thinner. Uh, how did how did you both find this conference? I agree that like the, I would say, and maybe it peaks up and down here and there, but I would say the general trend line for both like opening like live at Gamescom, Game Awards and the Summer Games kickoff is upwards like it's mm. i feel like it's only getting steadily better like i really commend jeff for how the game awards have evolved from you know there was that weird time in like the mid-teen um sort of like you know the 2014 15 era where you've got the cast of jersey shore up there presenting an award the, the spike like, tv Chicago game awards Band. yeah yeah but like that slowly and surely it's gotten to that point where like it's recognized now as a highly respected games uh, you know game awards show mm. Sure, it's a bit long in the tooth. Of course, there are ads. There's, you have to pay for this this production somehow. So I'm not sure you can really criticize him for that. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought this was great. I thought it was like a. I'm glad that there's like one showcase where all the other publishers can like sort of just like throw something in there, right? And we don't yeah. we don't necessarily have to have like a every year like a Konami showcase with like one good thing. Or, you know, the same could be said for, you know, some of the other smaller publishers as well, like 505 yep. Games doing their own thing or Focus Enter Entertainment doing their own thing. Yeah, or, or Gearbox Group. Where... Yeah, yeah. Like, just like, let's all combine our energy to put it into one awesome thing and you will capture more people's attention that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I commend you for it. So, Jeremy, you you were a couple of days late to it because you were, you were busy when it came out, but mm. how, did you, how did you find it? I don't like it, but I think that's okay. because I just don't like Jeff Keighley's shows. Um, That's, I think that is accurate. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that I think that he has such a large platform and he uses it to just only appease whoever pays him money to put his trailers in his shows. Um, and I think that it could be so much more. Like I, I, I think the same about the Game Awards as well. Um, that I think that a lot of his shows are just like. Like it, it was, it was funny. I was, I was, I was going back and forth because I went back and I rewatched part of the, um, part of the Summer Game Fest showcase, whatever it's called, um, after the Xbox show because I wanted to, I wanted to have like a one to one feeling between them, and like it just feels like, like I, I don't even know why this is a physical show, um, because it's just kind of him introducing the the fucking games over and over again. Well, I think I could tell you why. And it's clear on the joy on his face when there's people, he likes it. He, he prefers that format. Like oh, I, he, he personally gets something out of it. And, he's a and I don't think that's, that's yeah. a problem with that. There's yeah. necessarily a problem with that. But I think yeah. it like, I think it does because I don't understand the format of this show. If it's just because he enjoys doing it. Like I know that, you know, if it's like, I'm not here to watch a show to appease Mr. Keeley. I'm here to watch a show to sort of get an understanding about what well, a game's going to come out. Who's going to, who's making these games and all that stuff. And it, it just, it feels like such a, a, it, like it, it feels like such a marketing driven show and i know and i yeah. i know it is because i know it all is because that's they what are, yeah. that's what this industry is but when i when i look at some of the games that were coming out from the xbox showcase you know some of the smaller games from or like smaller like they're still big games but you know like games from like the chinese room for example like it feels like hey the 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 media conglomerate that is the tech conglomerate that is microsoft there's their subsidiaries 
Xbox through line all the way to the Chinese room. They are making a game that they really fucking are into making this game. And that is going to be really, really cool. Whereas then when I watch the Keelys, it's like, hey, we've got all of these, like, we've got all of these marketing beats that we need to hit. Here, here's the video form of the press releases we're going to send you 15 minutes after this person <laughs> leaves the stage. Um, and it, I just, like, I don't, think that it's worth it i think like they're not it it doesn't feel like a good show in like to me at least it doesn't feel yeah. like 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 an enjoyable presentation that is put together with a purpose and a point aside from there's a vacuum here because the other guys have failed so so catastrophically that we're not even sure if e3 is ever going to come back under the esa and jeff has looked at what's left and went like I can make something out of this mm. um, without it yeah. feeling like any realistic um, celebration of this medium industry, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like I, th- I think back to uh, the, the, the style of show that Xbox have been doing for a very long time now and the style of show that PlayStation used to host back when they had a stage and people on stage and they used to do you know, at times ridiculous things on stage, but for the most part, it felt like, yeah, like we're going to really set a tone here and make you feel like you are enjoying watching this show and are going to get something out of it that you will remember an E3 moment. And I don't have like E3 moments, which is a ridiculous thing to want from Jeff (laughs) Keighley because he Mm. just feeds me trailers. He just feeds me trailers. Aside from the charisma machine that is Nicolas Cage... (laughs) Yeah, which which did feel like an E three moment, which was like, yeah, this guy rocked up and he fucking crushed it. He was all in on being excited to be the new Dead by Daylight character. He um, was thrilling and thrilled to be there. And someone someone I was listening to talk about this mentioned the previous year getting Al Pacino on stage and how that was like, <laughs> oh, okay, what's yeah. like cool, but like also like not good. Like yeah. he was, he, he was, like, he was actually kind of cool to be there. <laughs> like, like he was like, yeah, cool. I'm excited, but also like you're clearly out of your element, and that's fine. But like, yeah. that, that one felt like elder abuse. <laughs> but like, he was, yeah, he was free that night. I'm like, I'm just gonna take yeah. his talent fee and throw it all on red on the way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I see what you mean, Jeremy. I think some of it might come down to the fact that with like, particularly with like the, the platform holders, right? Like they they are curating a show that is delivering a vision for their platform. And by its very nature, Summer Games Fest can't do that. Yeah. There is no vision for what Jeff Keighley wants to deliver in terms of like a, a cohesive storytelling product, if you will. Um, and you're right. It is just like, what can I get? I'm going to talk to every single person I know in industry and say, hey, I've got this platform. I can reach this many people. Is that valuable to you? Give me what you can. And totally. then he's going to pick pick what he, he can get. So um and yeah the, i just I, I don't think we're ever going to get anything more than just like a, a two-hour compilation of trailers yeah. no which which i think is like i think it's a shame because i think there is a way that, that that can work which is like like there are other shows on the periphery which have a more focused um like point of the entire show like pc mm. gaming show it's all mm. about pc games like granted i didn't think their show this year was that great um there was a lot of really lame jokes that i think just kind of fell flat and they accidentally fell into the trap of making fun of the thing that they were doing at that moment. Um, 
the there's like there's the um wholesome direct and there's some other yeah. smaller shows like uh, around the the periphery which i think do a better job of it being a more specific reason for the show to exist um yeah. and yeah like jeff is going to pick up everything else um but i think that he's because of course he wants to because why would you not want to but th- the platform that he's got I think could be used in a much more positive way than mm. he's just happy not doing. Yeah. yeah there's definitely like a, a, an unreached potential vibe is like, Oh, if it had, it had been like this or if they'd focus more on that, like every year there's always, or every conference, every there's three a year now, but like, you know, every, every time there's, there's a feeling of like, this could have been X. We could have done Y here. And, and I've just had a thought, now thinking about it when you mentioned those smaller more focused independent uh conferences mm-hmm. which have that that focus like a wholesome direct like a pc gaming direct or whatever they call it yeah um the thing with keely's presentations is he is directly competing or directly going for the same level of uh of gravitas of of uh of of uh appeal of mass appeal to a, a wide audience um on on scale with the large publishers like Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, um, EA, maybe you know, but like the thing with that is he isn't these he isn't a big conglomeration. That the th- those conferences work for those companies because it is marketing because it helps them pay their things, and so for it to be worth it for everyone else to come along, it has to be neutral. To, for it to be appealing to everyone else. He has to be appealing to everyone else, which means it has to be advertiser-friendly. It has to be advertisable. There has to be ads in it to pay for it. It has to be integrated with Twitch. You know, all of these things. Because he's he's aiming for that that corporate hit level, that, that corporate marketing level of showcase on his own with a small team but he's also got the audience to be able to actually have some some editorial capacity in those shows because realistically none of them are going if like none of the games that are not going to be in an Xbox showcase or a Nintendo Direct whenever they decide to do them and stuff they're not going to have the same level of eyes that Jeff has like realistically grabbed and mm. and put together on his own um mm by making by making this showcase you know he has the ability to 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 direct it a bit more than i think that he actually is um you know like jeff keely name a woman like for like first up like not a single woman on stage for his entire showcase which is just dreadful that's bad yeah but like like that is like that is lower than the bar that that needs to be right that needs to be hit and yes. there are things that he can do that that can raise that bar. He's allowed to, he would he would be allowed to say something like, you know, I want everybody to bring a developer up and allow them to do the old school E3 thing of have a developer come in and introduce their game, right? Give them give them say you've got ninety seconds to pitch your game, and you know he could say get your most charismatic person on the team totally like get the lead who who pitched it to the heads of the studio get the yeah. get someone who is there to uh you know have a mandate 50% of the games need to have a live demo it's like like it's, i don't like not necessarily something exactly like that but give me a reason to go like yeah this is 
are not holding, you know, the publisher's feet to the fire, but at least give them a little bit of, yeah, like let's put together a showcase that benefits everybody, not just pre-order now. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think also it's like he's playing to such a broad audience. So it's not even just console and PC games. Like he's got mobile stuff in there as well. He's yep. got, you yeah. know, game TV adaptations. Yeah. Um, MMOs. Like, yeah. Like I think pick a lane maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Summer Games Fest is where you go to see AAA bangers from third parties, you know, from like the, the leftovers, let's say. Um, and yeah, you, you, you can go there knowing that maybe you're going to get something like from Square Enix or Capcom or Bandai or Focus Entertainment or 505 Games or Embracer Group. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, because like there's no consistency, right? It's like, why, why do I tune into Summer Games Fest? Because maybe I'm getting a cool surprise. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, because there'll be why a movie I star. Into the Xbox Showcase because I, I know that I'm going to see what's coming in my Game Pass subscription from first party for the next 12 months. Yeah. Why do I tune into PlayStation? Because I know they're going to blow me away with some new single-player game, except not this year. Um, so, <laughs> like, yeah. Spider-Man like, 2, hello. Well, yeah, true, true. <laughs> new, uh, new. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think there's just, like, there's no reliable, consistent reason that we tune into yeah. Summer Games and- right now. And benefit of the doubt, because I'm like that. Like, maybe he's just not, like, for as far as he has come, maybe he's just still not in a position to be able to make any demands like that. Maybe too many people would walk, and then he'd have nothing, you know? Mm. At the end of the day, he is beholden to everyone coming to the table for him to have something relevant to show people, for thing for people to then get excited about it, and then get excited about the next one. Like, like it's such yeah. a it's such a hard place to be in that it, like, it is impressive that he has gotten this far yeah and i, I don't know how we can realistically make it better sorry go chicken and the egg situation right now right it's like well i've got this platform it doesn't have the views i need the content it's like well we're not going to give you the content unless you have the views yeah. whereas now it's like the game awards is the complete opposite like it's been going for so long it's you know it's now getting 100 million views um yeah uh since like the last couple of years that's mm. yeah publisher looking are looking at that and like we want our content at that show um so they will plan around that yeah um, yeah so maybe this gets to that point at some stage but fingers crossed who knows yeah and any any final point on the evaluation of the conference jeremy before we get to the actual games no no i just the, the same thing i say every year <laughs> Three times a year. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. The, the the more the more showcases <laughs> he has, the more the more uh, opportunities I am afforded to say, Jeff Keeley, please give me literally something of substance. <laughs> All right, so he's never going to come on the mini map cast. <laughs> no, he's not. But you do, you do. It talking about putting the flame to the putting the, the their feet to the fire. Like that is what you do when any any time Jeff Keeley comes on, mm-hmm. comes comes up. Uh. I would love to hear what everyone's top three things here were. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start with one that is brief, um, and but sort of talks to a, a general sort of feeling I had for the show. Uh, one of my most excited things I had from this conference was uh, the little bit, the tiny crumb we got of extra Spider-Man 2 news from Brian Intahar on stage. Uh, we got that excellent artwork of Miles and Peter fighting mm-hmm. Venom in mm. the city, which was so cool. Um, we've got the excellent key art, which I'm just an absolute sucker for. And we got the date, which is just cool. Um, this is not the only time I'll bring this up in my top three. 
But why was this in some very tangible ways? Why was this Summer Game Fest a more exciting PlayStation showcase than the PlayStation <laughs> showcase we had two weeks ago? It's fascinating, isn't it? That, that it's, it's fascinating that PlayStation are willing to hold off an announcement for two weeks or three weeks um, for, for Keeley's. Um, Bizarre. Yeah. Like this, this, this show gets um, a, a fraction of the views that the PlayStation Showcase does. Mm-hmm. Why they would hold that information for this. It's just like to hit a mildly different audience. Like, mm. yeah, I, I think, I don't know, as a marketing PR person, I'm like, that's, that's a poor decision in my mind. Yeah. Like, and, and like, again, today, um, this is like a, a little bit off topic, but uh, the very beginning of the Final Fantasy 16 um, showcase was introduced by the, the incoming CEO of, of Square Enix, um, where he talked about the very first time he played Final Fantasy, which is quite, quite a nice story. Um, this is at an event they did, right? A launch party yeah, event or stream? Uh, yeah. Uh, all of the above. Both. It was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was a very strange event. Um, they had a quick cutaway to Jim Ryan where he th- like which they he thanked Square Enix for their ongoing support and and then and then mm. they cut away from him. It was it was absolutely strange. But like I do wonder if the reason Spider-Man and like last year um The Last of Us remastered like you know like I do wonder if they throw these in there just to PlayStation hopes to just con- just to extend their marketing cycle just a little bit longer. Um, yeah. Just to sort of keep everybody's like, uh, keep the name in 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 the mouths of people just talking about video games in general. Um, considering they are no longer really a part of this week. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, that's a hundred percent the reason. Like, yeah. they just get another opportunity to be in the news cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was it was fascinating. I didn't really nothing more to say than that. Love the art release date. Great. Yeah. Cool. Spider Man Two. Yeah. Chain. <laughs> Um, one that jumped out to me, and I really want to commend this publisher, and that is um, Banishes Ghosts of New Eden. This is like oh, yeah. a supernatural third-person action game from Don't Nod. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, think Focus Don't Entertainment Nod too. Yeah, oh it's Don't God. Nod as well. I'm like, good on Focus Entertainment, man. Like they're there, they're there with a Plague Tale. These are like high production, new IP. Yep. You know, in a world where everyone's making safe bets and. Mm. I just, I have to call it out. Like, I think I will, it's, it's the end of the trailer says end of 2023. So we don't have a, like an exact release date yet, but mm-hmm. I'm so keen to support this game. And just like, as a, my way of, you know, communicating, I really value what Focus Entertainment is doing. It looks like a cool idea too. Like it's like this, maybe a couple that's like fighting mm. supernatural beings. And it's just but like one of them's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't, you don't get games like this from any publishers. So bravo to Focus Entertainment. I think it looks really cool. Um, looking also, to- like just on that point of don't nod. So there's there's banishes ghosts of the Eden of New Eden, mm-hmm. um, which you mentioned. Also, this week they just released Harmony: The Fall of Reverie, uh, which yeah. um, uh, soundtrack done by um, Lena Rain, which is cool. Uh, but also today they announced uh, Jusant, which is that climbing game at the X- Xbox Showcase. That oh, was so them I was as well. Look at my notes. Like, which one was that? That was don't nod. Also, and yeah, that looks so cool, man. That was a vibe. that looks so cool. That was a vibe. Yeah, it, it's it's been so fascinating to see how they've spun off from Life is Strange after um Deck Nine came in and sort of did it so well, and they've you know they've done Vampire since then, and Tell Me Why, and like so many just three Twin three Mirror. things in this next six months. Like, yeah. they, where are they based? Are they France? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not Games. sure where they are because they, yeah. they kind of remind me of a Sobo. Um, 
Yeah, French developer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Sobo cool. is also French and just like wildly versatile. Mm-hmm. You know, Sobo will turn around and do flight sim, but also a plague tale. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I, that one jumps out at me. I'm really excited for Banishes. Yeah. Mm. Jeremy? Uh, I'm going to start off with the, 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 the one that is, it was just a cinematic trailer, but like John Carpenter's toxic commando. Um, Oh yeah. That spoke to you. Attaching John Carpenter's name to the front of a game is going to get me to at least keep tabs on it because like he's John Carpenter is like, for those who don't know, is a, is a prolific director, directed the thing, directed the, the, um, escape from New York and LA movies, like has directed many, many wonderful movies from the eighties in particular. Um, he's also a gigantic gamer, like, and, and, and and famously like people will ask him questions about the games that he's playing in, in things like Rolling Stone. And, and he's always got like, just for someone who's in his, 70s or I'm 80s? looking it up now. How he was he? born in 1948, so he's come. He's 75. Yeah, mm, 75. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like for someone who's who's of that age of that generation, it is funny to see him say like, "Yeah, I love the new like Horizon Forbidden West or whatever the hell." Like oh. he like he plays like video game ass video games, um, yeah. which is. Uh, so funny to me. Um, it was a game that he called like complete garbage not too long ago. I need to find out. Yeah, I would. I would love <laughs> one day to do like a like a maybe like a shorter mini map cast topic, which was just like the gaming opinions of director John Carpenter. I think that would be so fucking fun. Um, this is also on the level of Whoopi Goldberg coming out and like lambasting yes. Blizzard for not bringing Diablo Four onto Mac this last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's he's such a fascinating man and for the most part has only been doing composing for the Halloween films, which is also the mm. films that he first directed way back when. Um, but he's still the composer on all of them, which is great because he, he loves doing that. Um, and so, yeah, like attaching his name to like an 80s style inspired game called Toxic Commando, which immediately my mind goes to the Toxic Avenger, which was also like a weird science fiction film from the 80s. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's going to be interesting just to see if I, I hope he's involved a lot is the thing. I really hope he's involved a lot and not just a name they put on the front of the box, which it might be, but I, I cannot be more curious about a John Carpenter video game. Yeah, totally. I hope the studio they've got attached to it. Do you, do you know who that was? You know, I have absolutely no idea. My, that's my, all right. That's my, fine. My interest began and ended with John Carpenter. John Carpenter. That's fine. Like <laughs> my point still stands. I hope whoever they've got attached to it can follow through, I guess, on the, on the game to, you know, sort of differentiate itself from World War Z and uh, Back for Blood and, and those sort of double A zombie experiences. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they've, they've got the hook of something like that's something like Friday the 13th games. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they, how they try and fish people in from there. R- r- real quick. I've, I've just pulled up an AV article. Um, uh, sorry, an AV club article, which, which uh, they were talking to John Carpenter. This is, this is a little while ago. This is from last year, but um, he said like, first of all, what games have you been playing? And he says he got hooked on Fallout 76 um, say, oh, yeah. no way. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. He, and then like late, later on, he says, I keep up with Borderlands and Horizon Forbidden West. I love that game. Fantastic. What a design. Mind-blowing. Um, he uh, he said, I, I have the time for Crash Bandicoot and Ratchet and Clank, stuff like that too. And they said, did you play the new one on the PS5? He says, yes, I loved it. The interviewer then says, have you tried Elden Ring? He says, no, it sounds like a role-playing game. What is it? 
And then, but like, but he's, oh, that's so cool. it's so funny. And then he's like, you know, they're talking about from the people who made Dark Souls and, and then John Carpenter is like, do you recommend it? And then like, and so like he's, he can actually, yeah, that's just a conversation. I know it's so fucking funny. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited that yeah, the, my favorite part is the interviewer saying, are you familiar with the name Hideo Kojima? And John Carpenter is going, yes. And says, like, <laughs> have you met him? And he goes, I do know about Solid Snake. I know that about, um, he wrote me once. I think he wrote me in lieu of the company paying me money whatsoever because Solid Snake is just a complete like ripoff of Snake Plissken from yes. Escape from New York. Um, so right. like there's, there's so much funny lineage there. Mm, um, yeah. Apparently John Carpenter liked Valhalla, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is funny. But he wasn't a fan of Assassin's Creed Origins, so I guess John Carpenter's got no taste. No, I'm yep, <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> so by fascinating. The way, Toxic Commando, developed by Saber Interactive, published by Focus. So Saber, published, published by and developed by Saber. Mm. Well, developed by Saber, yeah. That's published by Focus. The ones that are not doing Kotor remake anymore. No, I thought I I I just thought that that was Aspire. No, it got handed over to Saber. Oh, and it's been handed off again, has it? I I I think that game is just dead at this point. Um, I like I don't think that game is ever going to come out. Um, Saber sure. were involved in the Kotor remake. Well, I know, yeah, I know Saber either own or are a part of Aspire or something like that, or work with. So I think that's how that worked. But yeah, okay, fascinating, fascinating to see a new game from Saber that isn't Kotor. Mm. Apparently, it says a Saber Interactive will complete the Kotor remake as of August of uh, last year. But yeah, when that, that like shakeup was new, yeah, maybe we'll, it's, we'll see it's, how we go. It, if that's how recent that shakeup was, we're just far too early to know anything about it. Yeah, again. yeah, realistically, yeah. yeah. Uh, next thing on my list, and I think you're alluding to this being on your list too, Jeremy, was uh, Alan Wake Two. Alan Wake Two, it looks and, good. And Shane, listening to you before, this sort of touching on that more horror vibe than anything is. I imagine it's probably not on your list. I want to want to play this game because <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks so good. It does. And Alan, the first Alan Wake wasn't survival horror, right? Like it was That's just right. like more psychological, a bit creepy. So I did dabble kind of, in it. I never yeah. finished it um, and loved what it was doing. Like the ideas for that game was just like so great at the time, like a 2010 title. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, like actually really ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I love that this one looks amazing. Like I'm stoked for survival horror fans, but I will uh, watch from afar as they enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> I was, I couldn't help but look at this game and see uh, a, such a distinctive influence of the Resident Evil remakes from the last four or five years at this point. And like, what a great well to pull from, really. I mean, if you've made the decision to to differentiate what Alan Wake is after leaving it alone for so long, after it only had the the one game and the and the and the uh the expand alone. Um and to turn it into something else, they've 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 pulled from an excellent source of inspiration uh to to go from. I hope it isn't on the one hand I hope it isn't too similar, but if it is, we'll just be getting something excellent. So <laughs> like it's hard to complain there. I, I also don't think it'll be that like I think like there will be similarities, but I also think they are so also definitely pulling from control. Like like that like they have yes. learned so many lessons from control, which is great mm. because control fucking rules um that are then going to just be put directly into this game. Um mm-hmm. I am so thrilled to see 
I'm, I'm so thrilled that, that, that they're actually going to go back to something that they've wanted to work on for such a long time, right? Like, like Remedy, like they can make such incredible games and yeah. Control was a thing that they obviously definitely wanted to make and really, really swung for it when they did. But you can tell that Control needed to be a mainstream hit. Control needed to be a game that got talked that that was spoken about at the end of the year when it came to game of the year. It needed to be a game that could go across and you know maybe get some post uh, release support that it did with the DLC. It needed to hit on a commercial level, not just a critical level. Um, and the first Alan Wake, I think, was like you know it was a smaller game, um, but like being- it's also console exclusive, I think. Uh, it came to PC as well. Um, but like, yeah, console. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, totally. Um, but I think that them being able to say like, yeah, yes, we're gonna go back to Alan Wake, the thing that we we really fucking love, um, because we really want to make something that we really fucking love is really exciting. Mm. I, I think. I mean, um, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. You go, Shane. No, I was yeah. gonna say your point earlier about um, Resident Evil. Uh, it's great. Like that. It, it is the perfect example of a rising tide lifts all boats in the sense that um, they remedy are invigorated to give this franchise another shot based on the, the success of another publisher who's come along and almost single-handedly revived the survival horror genre, genre themselves. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, look at the success that um, RE2, 3, and um, 4 are enjoying um, now is the time for us to go back to this franchise. So, I mean, good on Capcom for, you know, showing that to what Remedy and then also recently EA to say, hey, it's, it is worth remaking Dead Space at this time. Mm, yes. um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, excited to see more of that. What was, did we, did we get a date for that? It's this year, isn't it? October something? 10? 20 something? 17th. I gotta, I gotta finish that first. Three game. three days before Spider Man Two, Oof. and one week after something else that was announced today that I don't remember. There was a, yeah, Octo- uh, Forza. October's looking packed. <laughs> it, it is. is. Yeah, October ten is Forza. Yeah, that's it. And that's coming a month after Starfield. Yeah. Mirage and, is in there somewhere as well. Oh yes, that's Mirage. Creed Mirage. Ah. Uh, uh, oh no. Yep. Yep. It's not on my list. Uh, did either? Did, let me let me see if I can snipe this one. Did any did either of you have the Prince of Persia game that they announced at the front of the show? Yep. 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 That game looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, it does. It I don't know, really does. I don't know why there was like I just like scrolling Facebook today, I saw like a bunch of like angry reacts to like the trailer being posted. And I'm like, who doesn't like this? <laughs> this looks Is sick. it maybe people who want the sense of time remake that's Probably. continually being dangled in front of them or yeah. I'm like, what a, this looks awesome. Like mm. more creative, different, fun, little experiences, please, from every publisher. It doesn't yeah. just have to be Ubisoft. Yeah. Um, what a uh, cool I, way I, to revive a franchise, yeah. I was absolutely stunned by the direction they're going with it because it seems like such a good idea. Mm. Like Metroidvania, back to 2D, but like reinvented, but also honoring that style, but also kind of pulling in like abilities and and um, combat moves and things from the Sands of Time 3D era of Prince of Persia games, like, wow. Yeah. yeah. And also, why was it here? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. It, it, it was funny, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And, and yeah, like, and, and just going off of that, like, uh, I, I, I've spoken about it before, but I recently finished Metroid Dread for the first time. And that was great because that was, 
that was Nintendo sort of going like, all right, like let's let's make another Metroid game for the first time in a, in a hot minute, um, and learn every lesson we've made from previous Metroid games, but also just every other Metroidvania that has come out in the past like eight years. Um, so and yeah, this Prince of Persia game looks like it's also going to be learning the lessons that that Hollow Knight has taught us that um, the that that Castlevania not Castlevania game um, also taught us as well. Metroid Dread, I'm sure, is probably going to be like part of the inspiration of it as well. Um, there's like I'm excited for just the next one of these really good games in this genre. Yeah. I really like it when Ubisoft does these smaller things. I yep. think almost everyone does when they do, you know, like Valiant Hearts, A Child of Light. Like, uh, th- th- I know there are other ones in there that I'm forgetting, but those Even are the Rayman games. games. Like, they're a bit bigger. Yeah, else. exactly. The 2D Rayman games. Well, this, yeah. this game is from the developers of Rayman Origins. Yes. Which is like, that is the seal of approval oh, that so I need. Is this, so is this Montpellier? Uh, I believe so. Let me double check. I, I have heard that before. Yes, that it is that studio. Because I'm convinced Beyond Good and Evil 2 is never coming out. Me too. I think that game's paperware. Like, I thought that even when I worked there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, not enough, not enough people uh, did the hit record JGL uh, integration for them to get enough assets. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get enough graffiti artists in the game. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, sorry. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, stomp on anyone's sort of point with that but i it, it just struck me that it, it escaped my list and mm. and um and it really was quite striking it's just also we don't get enough games in the in that genre um yeah you know ori was like the one that i i always cite as the one i've really enjoyed from the past few years mm. um yeah i haven't played Knight. i really need to get back to Knight before silk song comes out um yeah and i don't have a switch so i can't play dread but if i did i that would be top of my list for sure yeah mm. and just to confirm yeah it is ubisoft montpellier awesome yep yeah good team uh shane what is on your list so was 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 uh prince of persia one of yours prince of persia was, was one of mine so my okay. last one uh is uh warhammer 40k space marine 2 ah um, tell us is, uh this is saber actually saber interactive um and someone else I think actually maybe the licensing team for War Warhammer stuff. Yeah. Um, published by Focus again. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah. This, this first game, tail end of the 360 PS3 era, I want to say. Awesome mix of like third person Gears of War shooting, but also like third person melee combat. We could just switch between the two at, at whenever you wanted to. Um, and I don't think it reviewed fantastically, but it was like a, just a solid game, you know, 10 odd years ago. Um, and this one looks really, really good. Um, I think it's day one game pass as well, um, which is great. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any multiplayer or co-op. It feels like the type of game that does. Oh, actually, yeah, co-op campaign. Yeah, so we, there's, there's some co-op. Nice. Exciting. Um, yeah, I think it, it looks fantastic. Um, and you just, you know, I think uh, quality licensed games, uh, you know, are a dime a dozen sometimes. So, um, yeah, I'm actually just really looking forward to just slaughtering stuff <laughs> in this title. <laughs> For, uh, for how many Warhammer games that come out every year somehow, there's always more and they all they never stop. So people are buying them, I guess. Um, but for how many that come out... Sorry, my, my, my cat's coughing behind me, if you can hear that. Sorry. <laughs> but um, how does your for cat- how many that come out, like Dark Tide sorry, and ca- like the strategy... How does your cat cough, Gary? <laughs> does it cough like the picture? <laughs> kind of, yeah. But not, so not, not with that face, but the oh, sound. That's so funny. It's... It sounds very uncomfortable. You're right, Kat. Yeah, she's right. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, for for how many Warhammer games come out, and there's all the strategy games, and there's the 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 Dark Tides and the 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 Vermintides, um, mm-hmm. sort of four player like horde based games. I've always thought that the the concept of the original Space Marine game was a really good avenue for this franchise. Uh, you know that that story focused, directed third person uh, action shooter sort of game seems perfect for the the setting that they have for that. So I am interested to see how the second one is. Yeah. Jeremy, what's your what's your final pick? No, that was it because Prince of Persia, Alan Wake, and John Carpenter. Like th- th- those are my oh. three. Yeah, th- those are mine. Right. Okay. Well, I'll I'll have to talk about my last one as Griff continues to cough her guts out. But mm. uh, uh, my final one, and speaking again to the point of why was this not at the PlayStation Showcase? Um, was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? Uh, Chain for a, a small bit of context. We we loved remake when it came out in 2020. Um, maybe my favorite game. Full stop. Oh, uh, and so I've just been patiently waiting, and seeing this trailer, I would I couldn't stop grinning. <laughs> and like I was talking to Jeremy about um a game or uh, yeah like a game we were playing at some point that made me laugh out loud. It was Zelda. It's doing something in Zelda made me laugh out loud a bunch of times. Um, and but even when I was on my own, I don't tend to laugh or like smile lots when watching something when I'm on my own you know I don't notice myself doing that but I just couldn't help but notice how much my cheeks were raised and my face was I was just grinning watching this trailer and like there's lots of small details here I'm I'm only surface level familiar with some of the original game um so seeing a couple of locations that I'm vaguely familiar with is like, oh, I'm finally get to figure out what that actually is, is really cool. Like the beachside cannon installation from Shinra, that's cool. And um, But all of the random story shenanigans they're pulling in this, in this remake uh, trilogy, I guess, where things are going to be different, but they're also the same and they're happening at the same time, multiple timelines, metaverse bullshit. I'm so here for it. Like all the characters being loaded into ambulances at the start of the trailer, that never happened in the original. It also didn't happen at the end of the first game. No. So I'm like, what the fuck was that? No idea what that was. <laughs> it's um, it's very, very exciting. Um, the confirmation that it's not coming this year is not surprising. Uh, no. But the reconfirmation that it will be coming early 2024 is just so exciting, especially with... 16 10 days away yeah. I'm, mm. I'm absolutely thrilled that final fantasy the, the 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 final fantasy fans are eating good of which i count myself among at least modern ones yeah i am um, yeah like that's it like i wouldn't even say the trailer was like groundbreaking or anything like that it was just this thing that i'm so ready for yeah <laughs> oh yeah that, when you're, you just want confirmation that's coming and it's close right uh-huh um Nothing that they, they show you is going to sell you more on it. So just tell me when it's coming. Tell me when exactly. It's yeah, I reinstalled Remake to get the final trailer and the final trophy in the DLC that I don't have yet, which is this one optional boss that's just kicking my ass. Um, and I've spent like hours on it this weekend, and I'm going to spend more, and I'm going to get it. And it's been so nice, nice to be in that world again. It, it's also good to get reconfirmation. This game is uh, coming, especially after the hilarious. Uh, 
daily posts that they've been putting on Twitter <laughs> with just the ridiculous questions from from yeah. from various department heads of of this game just my favorite one was was the last one which was the developer comment number seven um which was the question was when can i find out more about final fantasy 7 rebirth and the answer from the creative director tetsuhu nomura was more information will be revealed soon and that is the entire like question and answer which people waited an entire yeah. day for it please is please be excited yes yeah it was <laughs> it was like please clap level like stuff which was so fucking funny um, there was, it turns out, I did hear about something about this, Jeremy, in that the highlighted words, because each each post had sort of words that were small yeah. and then words that were highlighted in green and much larger. And apparently those words all together in Japanese actually kind of made a coherent kind of second message. But the translation of the individual messages into English, which were then highlighted, didn't get that like second message across. Apparently, that's hilarious. That's I love it. so fucking funny. There's some hardcore English speaking Final Fantasy fans out there who like on the at the eleventh hour, just like, what the hell does it mean? <laughs> Square Enix is one of the dumbest companies in the entirety of the games industry, and I never actually want them to change because they are so hilariously stupid sometimes. Amazing. Yeah. So that that's a funny little. I don't even know. Like, no one asked them to do that. It would Fuck have been no. so much more exciting if they hadn't been doing this, like, terrible job. Like, lead up to this trailer at Summer Games Fest that was so vague. It's so funny. There will be new music in the game. Yeah. There is combat. The characters have a story. Like, goodness gracious. Okay. Um,. So yeah, that's it. That's that's it for this week. Nothing too much. You know, just a casual week in the games industry. Yeah. Um, for real though, this is such a, a f- this has been like I said at the start of the show, and I really meant it. This has been such a fun week of of mm. uh, discussion and announcements and uh, people getting hands on impressions at summer uh, play days, um, which is a which is a very good beneficial thing that Jeff organizes that should be you know continued regardless of what we think of his uh, his uh, press conference structure. Um, yeah, I I've, I've had such a such a ball this week catching up on all the exciting announcements. But uh yeah, any any final thoughts before we close it out here? Uh no. I like yeah, I love this week as well. Like it's it feels yeah, like when they're all condensed like this, it's nice, right? Like there was that, those covid years where it's it. like well, you got Xbox in June and Ubisoft rocks up in July and PlayStation sometimes in September. Yeah. Wasn't the same. Wasn't no, it really same. wasn't. So, yeah, to have them all together again is really really nice um and i've been seeing like a bunch of people uh over there at like xbox fan fest um just posting pictures and, like it's good to see that community together so mm. yeah um yeah this is you know i don't get up for much uh, at three o'clock in the morning but um <laughs> yeah i'm happy when xbox gives me a good reason to and yeah as a fan i was yeah i'm, I'm stoked it was just such a good such a good day to be a gamer. <laughs> totally, yeah. Fingers crossed for their for their future releases and the next twelve to eighteen months. But well, yeah, yeah. You said it, Kara. It's just like they've shown it now. They've delivered on a showcase. They just need to actually have to deliver the game. So these games have to come out and they have to be quality. That's mm-hmm. yeah. There was a there was a familiar feeling that I enjoyed um, when my alarm went off at at two forty five this morning. And I was like, oh, it, it, it's, it's actually been a minute. Um, yeah, that is like you know 
What a stupid thing to enjoy, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, occasionally, I don't do it very often, but I'll listen to uh, uh, Linus Tech Tips, their podcast, um, which is him and Luke, his, his other longstanding employee. Mm. And they'll talk about how, like Luke specifically will talk about how he's like such a, a glutton for punishment in a way where his favorite, his genuinely like favorite memories and times are the, the times where like work went too far, where it was like he had to stay up for like two days straight to like get something over the line or like when they got hacked recently and he's like, oh man, I love those moments. They're so stressful and it's such a challenge and we, and we knuckle in and we get it done and we're running on adrenaline and I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, there is a certain excitement to yeah to getting up at 3 a.m even although it's you know it knocks out the sleep schedule and you know like shane you've been like if you you've been up since three right uh yeah i've been up uh, going on 20 hours yeah yeah so Uh, like that's that's amazing thank you for spending this much time with us tonight um you know it is it is while that is an extreme side of things, I also get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for having me, guys. This has been a blast. I love. I, love, I used to have a podcast. Um, I just don't have the time to produce and host one anymore. So the opportunity to just come on and just talk and not have to do any work is actually really nice. Yeah, we've yeah. loved having you on. It's been such yeah. a, such a good time. Yeah, desperately again. You let me know. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, even if we're not, I think we're we're trying to get through a, a sort of backlog of people we've had on on our mind to come on for a, for a little while. But um, you know, once we get a few more people through, we'd love to have you back. Absolutely, yeah, for sure, anytime. I'll bring anytime. you on for the for the Halo season two recap, where I'll make I'll make you watch the entirety of that show. <laughs> it's, just, it's just me crying the yeah, whole time. Yeah, <laughs> Shane just disconnects from the call. Yeah. We never see him again. <laughs> uh, well. Uh, yes, thank you, Shane, for stay, sticking with us as we go along, as always. Um, but also, thank you to the audience. Thank you for everyone who here is listening, watching, whether you're here live or after the fact. Um, this uh, These last couple of weeks of having guests on, but also this this event season, it's been so much fun. So thank you, everyone, for, for being here. That brings us to the end of the Minimap Cast for the week. Uh, let me quickly scramble to find what our next topic is for next week. It looks like it's going to be, unless anything, unless we really, really, really want to talk about uh, Ubisoft and Capcom's conferences for most of the show, I'd be surprised. Um, if, if we don't do that, then we will be doing our mid-year Game of the Year check-in episode. Uh, so just thinking about what is sort of sitting at the top of the list after Zelda. Uh, <laughs> I, hum- I humbly submit Hi-Fi Rush. That's my one. That's the moment. Yes, that's a, that's a good one. That's, that is a good one. I remember that. I I always love going through the list and finding the ones I forgot about that I do really love and putting them in there. Like RE4, I think is going to cool. slip through the cracks for me by the end of the year, but I'm going to read it again by the end of the year and be reminded of how much fun I had playing mm-hmm. it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that media check-in discussion for all of those things. Um, let me find the... Now I've lost my outro. Here it is. Okay. If you want to find out when the next episode goes live or when this episode goes live, the best way to make sure you don't miss those episodes is on our socials at MinimapAU. You could follow us individually on Twitter and places as well. Uh, Jeremy, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Obi1Jez. You could follow me on Twitter at KJPalmer underscore 24. And Shane, where can they follow you on Twitter? At It's Shane Bailey. 
Oh, and yeah, I guess uh, last minute, if you wanted to sort of plug anything while you while you're here, just just while as as you've given us so much of your time. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. Um, uh, Game on Cancer is the uh, initiative of Cure Cancer. So Game on underscore Cancer on Twitter. Gameoncancer.com.au is the website. Um, if you're if you happen to be super rich and not suffering through the cost of living crisis right now, and you can afford to make a tax deductible donation to cancer research please consider that um, you can do so on our website. Yeah. And that's a, an amazing cause. It sounds like uh, amazing work you're doing over there. You're talking about a, the sort of concept for a, a charity thing you're organizing during our break that I love the sound of. So mm, yes. uh, maybe you'll, maybe you'll see Jeremy and I involved with something along yeah. those lines in the future. Who knows? hundred um, percent. Uh, yeah. Let's tease that for sure. I'll make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, no, that I'd love to. And if it doesn't, I'll happily promote it anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, otherwise, you can also head to minimap.com.au for everything else minimap related. Uh, we were talking about our mini disc game club podcast in the break, like our Catherine episode, which uh, was just a bit longer than this one, <laughs> uh, as well as uh, our latest articles are there. Uh, for those of you that are live with us on Twitch, stick around. Uh, you know, you'll get the outro to the show, but we'll be back afterwards. For those of you listening later, uh, make sure to give us those oh-so-tasty five-star ratings. I really want to rewrite that at some point. Um, it helps us out a lot. And consider joining us for the live show if you're available next week. It's a great time. Lastly, if you are uh, able to, uh, after you've made a tax-deductible donation to... Uh, at, uh, oh, pardon me, I've forgotten the... Cure cancer. Cure cancer. Thank you. Because I got confused with the with your um with your with your game specific URL as well. Pardon me. With uh, cure cancer, uh, you could also head over to Patreon if you want to help keep the lights and mics on. Uh, you could do that by heading on over to Patreon.com/slash/MinimapAU, and for five Australian bucks, you get twenty four hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap Cast, as well as some great benefits while helping us out and the show greatly. Uh, thank you so much for sticking around. Have a good rest of your week, everybody. And we'll be back next week with our media check-in. See you later.